Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everyone, to this yep. edition of the Complete <laughs> NSRA Podcast for Tuesday, April 24th. Two weeks from my birthday. Two, two weeks. 2018. This is Ian Ferguson. Two weeks. I'm Pat Contry. Uh, we got a, we got some stuff going on. We do. Don't we? We, we got we got an update on the Billy Mitchell stuff with Twin Galaxies. That's we, right. We got a Mega Drive Mini. It's revolutionary. It sure is. We got a Neo Geo Mini. We got a, a second Venom trailer. We got a Scumbag Song of the Week. We got Patreon... Q and A going on. Do we have anything else mini going on? We got, we got, we got mini in my pants. Oh, uh, we, all <laughs> we right. Q and A. Okay. <laughs> so, Ian, yes, uh, the Deadpool trailer, the the final one came out. It was, it was we don't like talking about trailers that much, but it's in the intro, whatever. They don't do good for us in the SEO because we they come out like two weeks after the trailer. For trailers to be for trailer reactions to be successful on YouTube, they got to come out within like thirty minutes of when the trailer comes out. That's so right. People got to look for me. Like, ah, I'm on Twitter. I need eighteen reactions. I need to see someone crying while they're watching the, the Star Wars Han Solo fucking trailer. I need to know exactly what every single person, person I know thinks of this trailer. And they have to be acting the way I'm reacting. I need I need to get that reassurance from random ass people. Don't worry, we're going to be talking about another trailer later on. Oh, are we? Already? Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll come but, out a week but, and a half later. No, no, because, you know, <laughs> this one came out yesterday, so... It'll be a week late only. Yeah. Anyways. So, um... So uh, I'm actually more excited for Deadpool 2 than I am for Infinity War. Yeah. I'm just going to say that. I just don't care about Infinity War. No, Deadpool 2. I, I, I oh, either one you don't, you don't care about. It. Oh, no. I, uh, actually, I, I, I'm suddenly kind of excited about Infinity War. I'm, I'm, I've gotten degree. less interested as it's gotten closer. It's like, wow, it's coming out this Thursday. I'm like, really? I just didn't. It doesn't seem like an obligation. Like, I was more excited, I think, for Black Panther. Uh, Civil War was like. I was like shaking before Civil War, you know. I was like that, so excited for Civil War because that was like to me the the biggest uh, biggest sort of superhero move up to that point in terms of everyone being involved in the conflict. I the moral I, ambiguity. I think I have my expectations right where I need them to be for Avengers this time, which is going to go in. I'm going to enjoy it while I watch it, and I will promptly forget about it afterwards, well, which that, is what happened with Avengers One and Age of Ultron. Well, Age of Ultron, I thought at the time was was better than the original, and I still kind of stand by that. Oh, I stand by it, but they're it's both still forgettable. Fluff. It's still just fluff. they're both forgettable in the end. Yeah, it's just sort of like Thor goes away for no reason for a while, and he kind of comes back and tells you something, you know. And then you have Vision show up, at, you know, with like a half hour left in the movie, and they for, for Vision, he's so overpowered. I like how they try to prevent using him as much as they can, both in Age of Ultron and Civil War, right? Because, you know, like in the battle at the airport, shouldn't Vision have been there first and just wiped everyone's 
uh, like just wipe the floor with everyone. Instead, he shows up halfway through the fight, and it's just like, yeah, he kind of does a few things here and there, but not really. Right. It was probably why Infinity War they're going to kill him like in the first twenty minutes to get him out of the way. Yeah, I think I think Vision's <laughs> pretty much absolutely guaranteed to bite it. Um, yeah, I think the reason why I have more interest in Infinity War than I did is only because within the past two months, I think I watched Black Panther. Finally saw Guardians Volume Two. It's on Netflix. So we saw it. No, my buddy brought it over, oh. and then was- um, and then uh. I finally saw Thor Ragnarok, Thor. which was fucking fantastic. Was Just good. absolutely amazing. You're, you're entangled in your core a little, by the way. You might want to... Uh, well, whatever. Um, nothing I can do. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I I mean, I'm not expecting it to be the be-all, end-all. But I, I still haven't seen the first Deadpool. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, by the way, you're, you're like now like off the camera. Yeah. <laughs> What what happened to your longer cord for your headphones? It, it is long. It's just there's a slight slight knot. Oh, I use I use the straight one. Yeah, I don't use the the, the coily one. I've always used the coily one. Eh, it's overrated. Me, yeah. but um, I Deadpool. Did you see the second trailer for Deadpool? No. You, okay, that's why you're not excited for it. Oh, the the second Deadpool trailer really shows the confidence that Fox has in in the project. And the fact that it's really going to go off the rails. The first movie I thought played it safe here and there. Like, yeah, it was Deadpool. And I'm not the biggest Deadpool fan. But I know that they could have gone more over the top. This one looks like they actually are. Because you have a whole team uh, coming back. You still have Colossus and uh, Teenage Warhead. Negasonic. Negasonic. So she's back with with cute cute hair this time. Not bald. Um, But you have, like, Terry Crews in it. you got other characters. You have uh, Domino in it. Um, and then you also, though, have just – it looks like with Cable in there, they have an actual budget this time out for the movie. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Because the whole trailer is like almost wall-to-wall action. In the first movie, remember, there's really two action sequences, two set pieces in that movie. At the beginning, on the on the bridge, and at the end of the movie. So I've heard, yes. And in the middle, it's like, yeah, he kind of, there's some action here and there, but there's a lot of like just – romantic subplot and stuff that it's not it's not as ryan reynolds carries it obviously but they really string it along this movie looks like okay they know it's gonna make money we're gonna put some bucks into this gotcha you know what i mean that's why this looks more exciting plus they take shots at everything there's a nice shot at dc in the trailer oh so that's gonna hopefully be in the movie <laughs> i'm gonna give it away or just tell yeah you go it. for it tell me uh cable says you're nothing but a freak who looks like a sex toy and he stabs him in the shoulder and Deadpool goes, so dark. You sure you're not from the DC universe? <laughs> and the delivery is perfect. And it's with him without the mask on, but it doesn't matter. I, I hate the fact that with all these superhero movies, and Frank hates it too, that there's, they're unmasked like 90% of the time. Right. With Deadpool, I don't mind it as much because he is in the mask a lot too, but it was funny. That's funny. And he even calls him, he even says, pump the br- hate breaks Thanos early on in the trailer <laughs> at Josh Brolin as Cable. So nice. it, it looks funny. I'm excited. I, I am excited for okay. I am excited for Infinity War, but just that now that there's a superhero movie every other month, it's yeah. like, come on, you no, know, it's gonna get for sure. tempered a little bit. And I actually saw Blockers with John Cena. That was better than I expected. That movie. It's like a sex comedy, but it's centered on a group of girls and not a group of guys mm-hmm. wanting to lose their virginity. So that's a that's a big change for the genre. Sure. So you can say that's oh, I don't want to use the f word, feminist, but I mean that's what it is, um, which is kind of refreshing, and. It's very, I know it's, and it's, it's written by men, but directed by a woman. So I, there's some collaboration there. But I do know from past experience, it's always tough to write for 
and I wrote a, a screenplay in college, you know, with a group of young women as part of it. And it's always, how do you put your, if you're a guy putting your head inside a woman in order to write them effectively? And I feel like they probably did as best they could, you know? Mm-hmm. One of the three characters is probably a little cruder than I think women would, a young woman would be at that age. But then again, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't a 16, 17-year-old woman, so I don't know. Was I? I don't know. Maybe see what my eyelashes knew I was. You tell me. But anyway, but it was funny. Cena was great. His chemistry, the chemistry between all three of them, uh, Ike Barinholtz from Mad TV, who I always liked, mm-hmm. uh, John Cena, and uh, God, I can't remember her name. She's in everything. She's married to the director of, of half of these. Uh, Leslie, Leslie Mann, is it? That sounds like, that sounds right. Leslie Mann, yes. She's been in a ton of these. She's a four-year-old version going back, and she's married to Judd Apatow. Um, so I like all three of them. I can almost guarantee they'll do a sequel. Oh, really? I can almost guarantee you because they were – and there was heartfelt messages to them. And they all had story arcs and about accepting their you know, their children growing up and being empowered about making their own sexual choices. There was some – it was it was not what you would think for going into it. Oh, okay. It wasn't just like a like – a, it, wasn't, it wasn't just like a reverse Porky's. Yeah. Yes, there's gross-out humor and gags in it. It's an R-rated comedy, which I love R-rated comedies. There's not enough of them. But there really was some heart to it. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Right. So Cena is going to be a big movie star, I think. He's going to. I I can almost see Cena, based upon this, having. I don't say he's he's going to have more range than The Rock, but The Rock is pretty much settled into I'm the Rock in every movie. Yeah, at least Cena showed he's, off he's typecast. But Cena at least showed off some good like comedic chops here and timing and everything. So that's cool. So there you go. Anything going on with you, Ian? No, I've been good. I uh, my uh, buddy and I went up to L.A. Well, no, not to L.A. We went on like a road trip. Um, Last week, okay, and we went up to the San Luis Rey Mission just to check it out. It was really pretty. There was um, a lot of neat architecture and arches and stuff that we saw. But we ended up going up to the uh, um, Boston Red Sox uh, Anaheim Angels game, and we got to see Otani um, pitch. The one good time, he did, the one time he didn't pitch well. Yeah, and that was the funny thing. So we got to see Otani pitch. And we didn't we didn't go up to see Otani. We went just because we wanted to go to a baseball game. He likes the Red Sox. I like the Red Sox. Uh, so we were rooting for the Sox, but then we found out Otani was going to play because he had been um, he didn't play the Sunday prior like he was supposed to. So we go to see him. My buddy gets interviewed for Japanese TV, which was fun. Did he really? Yeah. Is he Japanese? No. Oh, they just randomly picked him out? He's a really, really tall, hairy guy who looks like a Yeti. So, so he stands out. He stands out. Yeah. Um, he's a typical American that they probably put on TV. Perhaps. Like, this, is a, this is the model American for Japanese viewers. Sure. And uh, yeah, he <laughs> he got he got shelled, man. Uh, it was like 9-1, 10-1. Yeah. The game was, and well, they had a blister on his finger. They showed up to the game, so that probably affected it. Right. So it was Blister's cool to see him, um, but yeah, we it, we didn't get to see the, uh, the the skill. And real quick about, I guess Nintendo Labo came out yeah. last week, and the reviews have been, from what I've seen, pretty positive about I, it. I haven't checked. Um, people, of course, kept sending me uh, their opinions on the um, piano. Because that's what I'm interested in. Seems like it's pretty cool. Yeah, they said it's it's neat and it's a lot of fun. And I might actually go try to find the um, the uh, variety control set today if if I'm feeling up to it after the podcast. But I've actually kind of wanted to just kind of explore it myself and see what it's like. So I haven't done too much research on it. But you said that the 
Initial From what I saw, pretty good. Adults like it. It's. It seems like it. It doesn't pander to kids. Like it's an educational tool, but it doesn't talk down to them. Oh, okay. You know, so that's good. This Cena article I thought was funny, just from the. It's called Nintendo Labo. My de- my demonic children and the weekend from hell. <laughs> Commentary with some kids. Nintendo Labo can be a magical educational bonding experience. Mine are not those kids. So I'm guessing it didn't work out quite well for him. And his, I guess because you need patience, right? Sure. I'm like, this is not, even, even with just like Legos, you can snap them together and do whatever. This, you have to actually kind of know what the goal is before you get there. Right. Right. And know how to use the different like magnetic little pieces. And you know what I mean? Like there's more going on here. So I guess if you have kids that are impatient, not used to something like this, I can picture being a nightmare. Right. With Lego, you could open it up and, you know, your kids could fidget with a couple of pieces and start clicking them together and all that or playing with the minifigures. With this, there's really nothing to do except for follow the instructions and progress forward towards that end goal. And I I think that the also thing to know about this is that this is probably like a specific age group. Like you probably can't be three and use this or four. Right. Probably might be a little tough. You probably got to be like, you got to know how to probably read. And know how to use a controller. So we're talking like six or seven at least. Sure. Getting up to there. Up to like maybe like 12, 13. Like you got to specify like what the range is here more. Right. A three-year-old isn't going to get anything out of this. They're going to look at their fucking bejeweled game on their iPad and just play that. You need to, you need to have some nimbleness in your fingers. Nimbleness? Yeah. You can't have stubby little three-year-old fingers? You can't, you can't have toddler sausage Oscar Mayer fingers. Did you, you have toddler, toddler sausage fingers when I, you were a kid? I think we all probably had Oscar Mayer little... Like, little Little Vienna sausage fingers. <laughs> now we're changing Vienna sausage. <laughs> but they got the fishing rod thing going on. You got the piano, the robot thing. I'm, well, I'm really interested in the little gachapon house. I didn't see that. It, it's part of the um, it's part of the variety kit. It's like a little house, and you can like twist the side and pop stuff in, and it makes I don't know makes the people who oh. live inside the house look upset or confused. Oh, yeah. I'm still very bullish on Labo. I think this is going to uh, work out very well in the long run, and I think they're going to they're going to have like multiple sets of these in the future. I think so. it probably will. I mean, like I said, without really looking, I I honestly think it's going to do about as well as I thought, which is about as well as any other weird Nintendo idea. It's, it's going to sell. Yeah, I mean, even even stuff that's now collecting dust like Nintendo Fit, they sold trillions of them. And we fit stuff, so. Uh, speaking of that, someone asked about the collectability of, of, of this in the future because it's cardboard. I'm like, I don't know about that, but I do know that you'll be able to have brand new old stock forever. Anything anything produced now is going to be saved and hoarded by people thinking it's, thinking it's going to be worth money when it's not. Right. And, and the so. other thing is not everything needs to be viewed from a lens of collectability. That's not the main point of video games. Sure. Plus, to me, this isn't a, a, a traditional... I guess video game in terms of like would you display it on your shelf how do you display it would you have to build like the fishing rod and put it on the shelf display it no or, or do you want it minty uncut like yeah, you know un- uncut press we're, we're, we're like we're like uh, traversing into the toy collectability and games at the same time it's just it's weird for me that every time now that something comes out for games the immediate thought is what is this going to mean to collectors or how is this no, going to be viewed no. from a collectible standpoint that we don't have to look at everything that way. It'll sort itself out, I'm sure. We're dead and gone. We'll worry about the cardboard disintegrating 100 years from now. Like, right. My, my immediate question is, is yeah. this fun to play? I'm worried about getting Castle Country up to speed. Put it in that hot tub. <laughs> <laughs>
That's what that's my immediate concerns for the future right now. I'm worried about getting through this podcast and having a burrito. I had a bad burrito last week. You're going right back to the well, the burrito well. Well, no, it was just really shitty, and I need to get a better burrito in me from a place that I trust. You didn't trust the place? Can we stop talking about burritos? I'm hungry. It's hit or miss. I'm I, starving. Let's go. <laughs> let's get a burrito after this. Let's go. Let's go for some fish, fish burritos or tacos. <laughs> Ian, yes. At, I mean, at yeah. games. Yep. Well, there's an announcement from Sega that they're doing this fucking Mega Drive <laughs> Mini. Oh, fucking Christ! And okay. people went, people went nuts on it. It was trending Woo! on Twitter. Okay, so here's what happened, folks. This was a whole weird situation. Sega said that. Um, they were considering, there was another release, another a tweet that was like, oh, translated, it was like, we might, you know, get back into the console industry, and everyone <laughs> fucking lost their goddamn minds. Dreamcast 2! <laughs> no one bothered to click on the link. <laughs> and when you do... We're doomed as a society, we can't even click on a link. link. No, no one clicks on links and reads. So, you click on the link and you read, and it's just the guy talking about how they may want to... Um, you know, make their own hardware mini console. Like the, it was like the president of Sega talking about how they may want to actually themselves manufacture their own mini console. Okay. Like an actual, like, like, like in-house like at the, at the yeah. Sega manufacturing plant, plant that doesn't exist. Right. Uh, right. Um, so like Nintendo makes their mini. So basically they were thinking about, I guess, not making, uh, you know, not outsourcing it, which is what Sega's done forever. Sega licenses plenty of these products, but other companies make them. Mostly at games. Mostly but yes. at games. But there's been the handheld ones, everything else. So people are like, oh, sweet, Sega's going to make a new Dreamcast. And then, oh, well, okay, I guess they're going to make their own mini console. That'll be good. It'll be better than at games mini console. And then we find out that they're just going to make a Mega Drive mini, a Sega Genesis mini, and at games is making it. So no, so <laughs> immediately, um, everyone, no one gives a shit, and uh, it was announced, and then At Games came out and was like, "Woohoo! The rumors are true. We've got this. Sega's and- going to release the Mega Drive Mini in Japan, powered by the latest At Games technology. <laughs> the same new and improved technology will find its way to the U.S. and other territories later this year." But then At Games um, deleted that tweet uh, as they may have gotten ahead of themselves, or you know maybe Sega was like, "Hey, no, no, be." Be more quiet. We don't want people to know that you're making it because people hate you. Because there's been literally <laughs> tons s- of these. several mini Genesis systems that have come out. Made by them. In one form or another. Never been mind, awful. Like, like it, even, even re-releases with the, with a cartridge slot. They've yeah. So, and, 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 and with an HDMI port, like the one last year, it was just bad. So now they're taking the cartridge port out. And basically ah, just putting it in a cuter shell. It's just a different shell. And, and pretending that it's something magical and brand new. It's the Retro Sigma sh- shell, but repainted back to a Sega Genesis. Right? It's a whole <laughs> new world. So is this, is this the market for people that haven't known that for the past 10 years these have existed? I'm just trying to figure out what the market is for these anymore. Like what, like... Can I, we, I can't answer that question without potentially insulting a pie piece of our listener base. I don't know who this is for anymore. How many for the of person these... who just loves to keep buying the same shit they've bought a hundred times before. All right, I'm going to the At Games flashback zone. <laughs> it's flashing back to the flashbacks. Which is celebrate the classics. I just want to know. 
I love celebrating the classics. I want to know how many of these exist right now. Okay. Sweats the oldies so, and celebrate the classics. There's a Sega Genesis flashback. Mm-hmm. There's a Sega Genesis ultimate portable gameplay. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a Sega Genesis classic game console, which is the console one with built-in games as well. Uh, That's just a three on their site right now. There's more than that, though, correct? Oh, God, yeah. There's, you, you, you've, you probably may have had some someone in the past in your experience at the store. Yep. How many have... Oh, uh, it's getting steamy in here, man. How many have existed besides these three? I would say... Including the portable ones with the LCD screens. At least two prior portables. Okay. So that's five. And I would say at least one or two prior consoles. So probably seven have existed in the past. We'll say 10 years, 2007 or so. Let, let's just, let, let me just in, scratch six. one of those off and six. say at least six. There's been six in some form or other. All of the Yawning Triceratops, by the way. Yawning Triceratops. That makes it cut almost all yep. of them. <laughs> so there's been six. We'll just say one every year and a half for the past... Eight to ten years, roughly. Something like that. Yeah. So these have existed. If you love Genesis in the past, you've bought one of these before. So I guess the the crux of the proposition is, will this new one not suck as badly as the other seven have? Or six? Is there new technology magically out there, as At Games claims? They, they have a brand new Genesis on a chip, maybe. Well, I always say I'll try anything seven times. So, <laughs> so I mean, screw me once, shame on you. Screw me seven times. I don't know. Blow my brains out. Is that the expression? Yeah. Drown in a hot tub. Drown in a hot tub. I'm drowning in my hot tub. tub. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, the whole thing is bizarre. The situation. Oh, Obviously, yeah. they see how well the NES Classic is doing and the, and the Super Nintendo Classic. But those were a singular product that yeah. came out at the right time. And it was Nintendo doing it themselves. Doing it the right quality. way. Yeah. So it's not like they've they've gone to the well a lot. They've gone to the Genesis well one too many times. They're scraping it so so much now. There's only like little like Game Gear pieces in the bottom of that well. Squeezing squeezing blood from a stone, man. <laughs> squeezing that Rastan stone. Ooh. It's just done. And I love Sega. And I plus, know, and plus I... they have all the free games on the iOS and Android devices. So it's just the games have been out there in 55 ways. Yeah. And you can say the same thing for a lot of this, these Super Nintendo and Nintendo ROMs, but not to the general public this, the way these at game devices have been. There hasn't been a Nintendo, cheap-ass Nintendo console on the shelf at every Target and Walgreens the past 10 years like, like these at games ones have right. been. So the public has seen them already. That's where I think the difference is here. So... And they're licensing, yeah, they're licensing them out also. That we're talking about later, they're going to be on the Switch. So, I mean, there's just a lot. Sega seems like they're having an announcement every week now with this yeah. stuff. Yes. I think that's the issue yeah. to me. Sega went so long with no news that, you know, and then they, you know, a good Sonic game came out. They discovered something called licensing for games. Yeah. <laughs> so, about 10 years ago, 11 years ago. So, we'll just give our games out to everyone. Right. Which is what, like, Konami's doing now and Data, whoever owns the Data East games. Just anyone can have our games for $1.50. Take our games, especially Atari doing that. Yeah, like Atari's like here, here. Don't pay us later. It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll trust you. Just, we're good. For, you're good for it. We, we we trust you. Spot me a couple beers next time we go out. Yeah, spot. sure. Just go ahead. Have centipede. Uh, yeah, play it with a four way joystick. Put it. I don't care. Put it on whatever the hell you want. <laughs> Put it on anything. Put on a thumb pad. Yeah, whatever. All right, well, that's all I have to say about this at games announcement. I just think it's it's all I care about. It's, it's all you care about. Speaking of that, do you have your Sonic? Cult, was it, what was the thing, the topic you were supposed to put on here? Sonic Cult being canceled? What was it? I didn't. I don't know. Someone suggested it, and it's like I don't. 
What is the Sonic Cult? I, I don't know. <laughs> Should we know what and, this is? And this is not... I, I don't remember the person's name, but... Is it, yeah, is but, it the cult? What is it called? It was, I don't know, but it was... I, I, it's, it's not meant to be... This is not meant to be a, a, a stab at the person who asked us this question, but we get these questions every once in a while that make me laugh about things on the podcast where people will be like... I'd love your thoughts, or could you weigh in on X, Y, or Z? And I'm like, I have no idea what this okay. is. Like, I, I'm glad that people respect us enough that they would want our opinion on something, but I'm like, uh, this sounds like it's, like, deep and hard for... But I have no idea what this fan site or something might be. Well, if, if it's a Sonic fan site, there could be some deep and hard material probably on there one form or another. Oh, yeah. Probably. An absolute pounding. <laughs> absolute I'm sure. <laughs> Don't know of, who's getting pounded of by some home, animal, but of some anthropomorphic animal creatures. There is some pounding. All right. Speaking of pounding, poor tails. <laughs> He's always on the receiving end. How do you know that? Look, it's tails. Cool. He's so innocent. Yeah. I, I, I'm not in that world. I'm never going to be in that world. Just take a guess, Pat. I mean, you can just guess these things. Two tails, two assholes. How, is that is that, the, is that I, what? Is I, it? I didn't go there. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't go like, there. Like, what is the what is the appeal there? I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. If you had to guess that one of them was submissive, it would probably be tails. All right. Well, speaking of getting pounded, uh, yep. Twin, Billy Mitchell, <laughs> Twin Galaxies, <laughs> has stripped Billy Mitchell officially of all records, and he's banned from from anything else ever. Uh, on the website, and plus they submitted. He's been, no, they're just banned from anything else. No, he and, can't go outside. And, he can't do his own the, grocery shopping. He, <laughs> he can't make his own hot, hot sauce anymore. No. And plus, then they told Guinness, who then stripped the records from Guinness. Good. So, so this is after the full investigation happened. Remember, we talked about in the podcast about uh, it was submitted, then it was uh, adjudicated. Love that word. Um, whether or not he was. Uh, That's how you pronounce it. Adjudicating. That's a great word. How am I supposed to pronounce it? I don't know. It's all hard sounds. I just I just let it run in my head. I was like, I know what this word means, but I never really pronounced it in my head. Great. Okay. You're learned being around me. Okay. So uh the 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 proposition or argument was that he was submitting world records, arcade play records that were really being played on MAME a MAME setup, either in a cabinet or otherwise, and there wasn't good evidence to show that it was actually an arcade ROM board setup. So I think they had three different independent people look at this, and they all sided with the person that brought up the dispute, saying, oh, yeah, he played these on a MAME uh, arcade setup, whether it was some emulator or an emulator inside a machine. And the problem with that going, again, is that on an arcade setup, or arcade setup, you can't fake it. It is what it is. You run through a ROM board, you play it, and that's what you're that's supposed that. to MAME, it's a little dicier. Uh, because on MAME, you can you do you can do save states and rewind, and you can patch you can basically patch together gameplay videos, right? From various times, starting A to B, you can restart a level with a save state. You can do you can do stuff that you can't do it on an arcade board. So that's why they're separate, just in case. So well, and they're slight they're slightly different time. It, it's on more, timings and things like that too. Yeah, and that's that's more their concern really is that even even if you've taped it properly and there's no there's no evidence of you know, um, you know, save states or things like that. There are minor enough inputs 
there are minor enough issues with input and timing that they still think it could be enough of a difference to not count it. Sure. And frankly, if it's an arcade, regardless, if it's an arcade record, it should be on arcade hardware. Yes, if you said it's a real arcade board and it's not, it's on you yeah, for and, not knowing that. And already that looks suspicious. Sure. Why okay. are you lying about it? So this goes back to, goes back to even the King of Kong, thing because I was like, who was the first to get a million high score ever in the game? Steve Wiebe or Billy Mitchell. So now that million score is wiped out. So now Steve Wiebe is recognized as the first player ever going to uh, get that uh, million plus score in Donkey Kong. So you get, you get some justice 11 years uh, later. I'm not sure if Steve Wiebe's in the scene anymore. He probably doesn't even care about this shit at this point. Since he's a normally adjusted person with probably a family and a real yeah, life. Not a guy who decided he needed to make his entire ego off the fact that he's good at Donkey Kong. <laughs> I don't know. That's just that's just that's how that voice that voice is how I feel about Billy Mitchell. Good at Donkey Kong. I'm good at Donkey Kong. So they removed all the scores. The four moderator Jeremy Zelnia Young cited frame by frame analysis of the board transitions in Mitchell's Donkey Kong tapes. We talked about that. How the how the the, the actual how, how the display of yeah. the board appears. Sure. This the stage. Um, Showed visual artifacts suggesting that they were generated by early versions of MAME, not Donkey Kong hardware. Yikes. So, let's see. What was wiped? Uh, a 1.047 million port performance. That was highlighting King of Kong. We spoke about that. And a 1.05 million point score achieved at a mortgage <laughs> broker's my, my convention. My favorite. <laughs> that sounds like a hot time at that mortgage broker's convention. Because that's what the cool people do. They go All to right. mortgage broker's I'm convention. I'm not telling you how to run your mortgage broker's convention. <laughs> But you might want to get some other entertainment in besides watching someone play a Don Kong game for hours. Can I steer us off for a second here? Go for it. This, is, this whole podcast <laughs> is off the rails already. It's good. It's fine. People are going to love it. There was a real estate convention up in Canada uh, about a month ago. Okay. And Next to the, the Sonic convention? Sonic I, furry convention? And they, yeah. Where Tails was getting pounded. <laughs> and they, they had Pitbull up there doing some speaking, but they also had... Sly Stallone, old Sylvester Stallone up there do some speaking, and he straight up said on stage that he did not have anything prepared, he knew nothing about real estate, and he just rambled off the top of his head for about 20 minutes. And probably got paid $100,000 yeah, it was to do that. Yeah, anyways. I know about real estate. You know, Rocky back in 1976, you know, I thought about buying a condo in the, the South Side, but I didn't do it. <laughs> what the hell is he talking about? He didn't talk about real estate at all. <laughs> he probably was thinking Q&A about the Rocky movies. No, I actually had a transcript of it. It was very funny. <laughs> They, they, they had money to blow, I guess. They had money in the, in the real real estate bro, uh, convention coffers. Anyway, yeah. getting off topic. Yep. So I think Mitchell's not going down without a fight, though. He's going to try to fight this again, even though three different, I think, independent sources, including, I think, I don't think one, I don't, was it one he even hired himself to be on his side, said, no, this is maimed stuff, sorry. So I think, I think the tragedy in this, there's a lot of tragedies, is that Billy Mitchell is a good player. He's not some guy who doesn't want to play these games. Right. He's an actually like a stab, one of the first pro gamers that people have heard about. So it, this is sort of like a Pete Rose situation where this guy should have been recognized as the best hitter ever and, and arguably is, but he's tainted by all this bullshit that happened on the outside. It, it, it's, it, 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 I guess in order to stay at the top, sometimes you lead, you go down potentially a dark path. Yeah. You know, well, Pete Rose, he just was, had a gambling problem. He, you know, he, he was already the, known as the best all time. Great. You know, most hits, and then he just said, oh, I want to gamble because I don't know why, because I have a problem. So I don't know where else to go with this. And that, At the end of the day, this is stuff that 
less and less people are going to care about year after year going forward in our lives. Sure. Like pro original arcade competitive scores. That's just the bottom line. There's less and less of us that played arcades that care about it or talk about it year after year. Me and Ian are getting old and we're old in the teeth right now. And we, and we grew up with arcades. We're the last generation that grew up with arcades. We're dead. After, after we're dead, it's done. Right? In 25 minutes, I'm going to need a vitamin shot. <laughs> All um, right, then. Uh, I, I, will, I will point out that um, Todd Rogers was also the ref who verified a bunch of uh, oh, well, of uh, course. Billy's scores. He, he's a disgraced dragster champion. Yeah. So it, it, it's just so silly. It's a, it's a big bowl of shit porridge. Um, this is, the whole thing's silly. I'm glad there's no like, NES scoring board that's big than... I'd be dragged into that. It's like, well, who really has the top, uh, I, I don't know, uh, Tiles of Fate score? You know, it, imagine deciding that and not blowing your brains out, drowning yourself in the hot tub. Again, that's the theme of the in show. The hot tub. In the hot tub. In the hot tub. But good on Twin Galaxies for actually finally getting dragged into doing the right thing or else their reputation is totally tarnished forever. There was some weird shit happening before that with weird editorials attacking the people bringing this stuff up before and attacking the people doing the YouTube videos. But and I do want to uh, yeah, and I should bring this up is just um, what the what uh, that's a good point. Ian. Jace Hall, uh, what Jace Hall said because Twin Galaxies was getting tons and tons of shit, but. He says, anyone looking into their own past with honesty and a desire to improve will likely find things potentially messy and uncomfortable. Twin Galaxies has experienced a nice big dose of that again with this dispute. However, Twin Galaxies understands that this is required for it to continue. Its commitment to accuracy, as we all have learned, this cannot occur overnight. It must be a step-by-step process. They're not pretending that there's not a bunch of bullshit here. They're not trying to avoid well, any marks on their name. I mean, they're trying to fix well, this as best well, as they can. This was bought, what, like 2014 Team. from Walter Day? Yeah. So it sounds like they inherited the bunch of bullshit that was there before. Right. The, little, the, the, the inclusive boys club and let's protect our own scores from 35 years ago. This is the only thing we have left in our lives. Like, that's not... If you're going to run an objective world record, like, scoring site, that shouldn't matter. Get rid of that. Yeah. Get rid of the trash. And it doesn't sound like they knew new. about this sort well, of shit. Or... There could have been some naivety as well. Yeah. You, you know, you, you don't know the whole full history, but you, you should look into the characters on the site. So I, I don't know. That's all I got to say about this topic. And um, yeah, good luck with the hot sauce, I guess. I don't know where else to go with that. boop Next topic. We're talking about Shenmue 1 and 2. So yeah, um, Shenmue 1 and 2 are coming to PlayStation 4, Windows, Xbox One, um, possibly Game Boy Advance, Neo Geo Pocket Color. No, but, uh, but seriously, though, we'll, it's, you'll it's, see. It's, not, it's not been announced for the Switch yet, which I think is no. kind of weird. Yeah. But PlayStation 4, Xbox so, One, and Windows for sure. So these are HD remakes. Yes. Which is kind of, I, I guess, not surprising because Shenmue 3 is on the way still. Yeah. And, I mean, Shenmue 1 and 2 are uh, well-loved, um, and they're they've never been necessarily the most easily accessible games the first one was on the dreamcast which wasn't i mean i love the dreamcast lots of people do now but it's not oh, hold on they're not remastered they're just scalable screen resolution so it's the same it look they look the same as they did 20 years ago right hd remaster not a remake hd, HD remaster okay you know whatever people whatever terms people want to use so it's easier to put out they're not redoing the whole game okay. right um but the first one was on the Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. The second one was on the Dreamcast in Europe and Japan. 
but it didn't get a U.S. release. It did get a release on the original Xbox. These weren't on PlayStation or Xbox 360 or any of the the um, these consoles that I think were more widely available or more widely supported. So, as popular as these games are, by the time people really started to get into them, um, they weren't as available on the systems that I think people were playing that they could have been... Yeah, fuck, I really lost that sentence. They weren't as available by the time they discovered them and wanted yeah, to play them exactly. as they would have liked. So I think people were looking for a Shenmue 1 and 2-pack for quite some time. Even even in the 360 PlayStation 3 era, I think people wanted this. With the announcement of Shenmue 3 coming out, um, with Yu Suzuki working on that... This was coming out again. Uh, sometime this year. I'll look it up. It, 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 this article says just sometime this year. <clears throat> this is the perfect time uh, for this to come out. It's perfect. So people can catch up on the story and uh, launch into it. If I recall correctly, the original Shenmue was supposed to have five or six parts or something crazy wow. like that. Um, it's like Star Wars. That's obviously being truncated due to... Um, a, the scope of it was just originally outlandish. Uh, but B... You can do a lot more with a single game now than you could when the original Shenmue came out. Sure, you can just There's do some, a, some, some space constrictions on a on a Dreamcast disc. Yeah, the the GD ROM was was small. I think it was what one point two gigabytes or something. I think maximum. It was like, only it was only slightly bigger than a CD. It's like almost double a CD. So, this is exciting for a lot of people. Shenmue was never something that I got into is is hardcore as everyone else did. The second one, I never played at all, which I really had wanted to since there's um, an entire setting that's um, set uh, set to be like Kowloon Walled City, oh. which was uh, which actually is famously in Bloodsport. Uh, that's where that's is where, that where they walk underneath. That's where they're walking around. That's in the, Hong Kong. Yeah, that's the huge that's Kowloon. That's Kowloon. Oh. And I've always been fascinated by Kowloon, so I do want to play Shenmue It's basically like a city in a, in a building. Yes. Which is nuts. Yeah. And if you read about it, it's crazy. Um, and it's no longer there, so I've always wanted... Oh, really? They, they tore it down? Oh, it, it's been gone for a while. Oh. Uh, I think it was... It wasn't too long after Bloodsport. I'm pretty sure that they took it down. Oh, okay. I thought it was... A, well. So, yeah. Shenmue 2 is something I want to play to kind of walk through a, a sort of recreation of it. But yeah, this is great. Um, you know... Shenmue 1 is about a $45 game right now. Shenmue 2, depending on the uh, version you pick up, is you know 25 to 50 So this is going to be excellent and get people set up for um, the upcoming release. I expect this is going to sell pretty damn well. Kowloon Walled City was complete destruction in April 94. Now it's a park. It's 50,000 residents in the walled city that's nuts yes we got a picture of it. it's really weird it's like nothing on the outside then it's like buildings yep. in like a square exactly looks like, looks like about i don't know 20 square blocks something like that yeah if i have to look at it i don't even think it's that i don't even think it's that how big is this interesting we're getting off topic but hey we're, we've been off topic all day but i think true. we're having a we're having a good run here <laughs> we're having a good time all right so i guess what else are you gonna say about this Good, not a whole lot. Good, good for the re, re, remaster, not not remake. It's a remaster. No, it's a re, it's a remake. No, it's a remaster. Remaster. It's a remaster. They're scaling that puppy up. 
I, I enjoy what came after Shenmue a lot more. Shenmue was kind of the basis for what became Yakuza, which is, in my opinion... They just came out with a new one, right? Uh, six. I need to get that and play that. I didn't know there was that many. Oh. I think they're technically the, seven. Of course, they're doing the movie with Donnie Yen, I think, still. Zero, one through six, Dead Souls, the one that takes place in the 1800s. There's like eight of them. The most Nine. Of, are most of the same guy starring in it? Or hey, no? Kiryu. This is so, the last one with Kiryu as the main character. How many times can you fight the Yakuza, I guess? I don't know. Uh, he's in and out of the Yakuza. You know, It's a very complex... A lot of ins. A lot of outs. A lot of outs. Okay. All right. Well, that's fun. Speaking of minis, Ian. Yeah. We got another mini announced that it's a little bit... Uh, Little mysterious, well, mysterious. So I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in this. SNK is making a lot of announcements SNK, these days. See, SNK is the anti Sega. They pick and choose their battles. Yes, they've been off once or twice, but they're not just like tossing out their properties they've, like it's fucking their own species. They've been off a lot of times. But no, but I mean, it's I not love, like Sega. It's not. Um, but I do, I do love. Uh, yeah, yeah, they had that, that Gold X piece of garbage console. Hey, but they shut it down. They weren't yeah, like, yeah, so let's I mean, just keep making that money. They were like, fucking A, Tomo. So that's what I mean. No they're, more. They're the anti-Sega. You stop. You stop with this bullshit. We don't like When it. I still see those, I got to look at it and be like, oh, is this a real Neil Joe? Oh, no, it's not. Yeah, this it's, is a garbage remake with, like, ROMs on it, or whatever the fuck it is. It's just a butt pony. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's just a term. <laughs> All right, well, so, well what, so, what is SNK announcing here? SNK has announced that it's going to uh, release its own mini system, or its classic system. Neo Geo Classic Edition, to mark the 40th anniversary, like, they, like they're having the, the set of games coming out. Which I can't wait for. We talked about that the, last The pre-Neo Geo era. For more, it'll be like a comment. more information. Can we put like that little box? For more information, check out issue they, number. They got rid of the annotations on YouTube. They got rid of them on new videos. No, no, you only do the end, end title cards now. Uh, For more information, do a search because YouTube doesn't want the option anymore. Anyway, go on. So. Yeah, they're basically they're just announced that for the 40th anniversary they're going to release a mini console. It's probably going to be um, it's probably going to be filled with. Uh, I'm going to guess a lot of the MVS era titles, you know, probably a lot of ones that we've seen a billion times before. What I'm most curious about is what shape or form is this mini console going to take? That's a question. Yes. How many games will they put on this? Because they can fit however many they want. But in order to keep their IP properties, are they going to put 50 on here? Are they going to put like 20? They're, they're going to put 150 of them. They're going to put like the, the entire library, which they could if they wanted to. Well, of course not. I don't know what they'll do. Um, they're they going to put Windjammers on it, but they're, but they're selling that as a separate game through another company. Like, What are they really going to put on this? Are they going to give you some games you want and some that's just trash? Are they going to give you all the original ones like Nam 1975? You know, and and baseball stars, which I wouldn't mind having like Super Spy, like the original run, King of the King of Monsters and stuff. It's tough to know. I have, I don't know. Um, <laughs> the, I don't know. I, I mean, will they put on like the first King of Fighters, or just put on like the, the, the ones that came up, like World Heroes and Art of Fighting before it became King of Fight? You know, like what makes the most sense? I, I'd say the earlier games. So for me. an anniversary system, I think earlier games would make sense. Um, I think one of the selling points for this console would probably be them including uh, joystick controllers, reproductions at least of the home controllers. Um, that's that's well, for, so you're gonna have your your nice ball top joystick, not ball top, probably bat top, like the like the original. What was a bat top again? It was a the AES home home sticks. Okay. Trying to picture. Why can't I picture in my head with a fucking Neo Geo? I have like, no idea. I own one because you're a fake gamer. I'm a fake. Gamer. You're a fake Super. gamer boy. You're a fake Game Boy. 
What the hell does the cabinet of a Neo Geo look like? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The little, the slim, little, slimmy stick. A bat top. That's what it's called, bat top? Okay. Bat top. Those are cute. I like those. I like those. Not a lot of machines ever use those. U.S. machines use them a lot. Ugly bastards. Um, so, anyways, I have a feeling that to sell it, it'll probably have to come with some sort of arcade sticks. You know, Two chin- or one? Chintzy, maybe, but probably just one. With four buttons, a nice little layout with the colors coordinated that we liked. The, and the home layout. ones weren't color coordinated. They were just gray. For this, I think they would do it. Sure. Or the picture that they show. Picture is telling. The picture is telling. And I mean. I love this picture. It could be very expensive if they do this. This looks like. From the picture, it looks like a barcade tabletop. Yeah. With it, a built-in screen. It looks like those um, tabletop bar, bar top arcades that you see at all those conventions that are of dubious legality that have like you know mame running on them um but it looks like an official one one of those ones that would probably be about oh yay tall two feet two and a half feet yeah about two feet two and a half feet i mean um, we look at the picture that's what it looks like it's like a vectrix right but it has a you know a black sheet over the top of it and you can't tell what it is from the from the, looking at the black sheet it only looks like one control panel it's like that's room for two no it doesn't unless they're like tiny Right. And it looks like one to me. So this is what I'm guessing, Ian. I'm going to guess this. You're going to get an all-in-one barcade top premium. Like, no one's done this before. Mm-hmm. Like, a licensed company. And you're going to get, like, 20 to 30 games. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the the <laughs> option. <laughs> you got your little monocle. You're going to have the option to buy a separate control panel to probably try to keep the cost down. And that's what you're going to get. That'd be awesome. And, and it's going to cost probably like $400 to keep with the Neo Geo theme of being expensive hardware. Yeah, but I mean, if it's a bar arcade top, that's fine. Sure. That's, I'm just saying, that's, that's, fucking, what, that's, that's what you're going to have. That's fine. You, was you, that's it's okay. Gonna have, it's going it's, it's to it's, it's be obviously like an LCD screen. It's not going to be a you know a tube. But I mean, as long as it's proper ratio with sure. everything, I mean, there's there's little lag. I'd be very interested in that. And knowing... You think $400, something like that? To keep with what the original system cost, like what five? I just can't imagine it costing for less. For 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 if it's a high quality control panel, not just a chintzy thing. And you have to it, realize that a really nice arcade stick, like a top of the line arcade is, stick, is, is two fifty to three hundred. Is that much? Yes. For a good one? Yes. What does analog sell theirs for? I'm just, I just want to say, because analog, analog analog makes good consoles, that doesn't mean they make good arcade sticks. But they do have a Neo Geo. Sure, like the semi one that was beautiful. Beautiful doesn't mean good. I'm not, I'm not, All right, I'm not, throw them under the bus. I'm, I'm just, not talking I'm just, shit I just want to get consoles. a price, asshole. I just want a price. You should look into a well-known arcade stick manufacturer. It came to mind. Oh, my God. Why you got to be mean? I'm not being mean. I'm just you're being saying. A little, you're being a little catty right I'm now. I'm just saying they make great. You don't. You, you go to who you know for certain things. I go to analog if I want a very nice system. Well, they sell their, well, they sell their wooden. The system 650 with the controller. I'm trying to see what the controller is. Uh, what's what's your site? Sorry, go on, Ian. What do you think this is going to be? Have I don't know. Oh, I was just going to say I agree with you, and I also think that um, SNK is is smarter, I think, than leaving it locked in to just um, what's on there. With the Neo Geo X Gold, you could buy additional um, game packs on a cartridge, and I could see that being something that they would perhaps do with this. So, but this will be jailbroken. Probably someone will get in there. Oh, and sure. And ROMs on this. This this could this will be a new. Doesn't move. mean that SNK won't continue to offer a way that you can do it. I, otherwise, I think you're going to get thirty thirty to forty built-in games. You're going to get 
half of them will be the cheap early ones that no one really thinks about anymore. You'll get you'll get you'll get a metal slug. You're not gonna get all of them. You'll get one. You'll get you'll get a samurai showdown. You'll get a king of fighters. You'll just get one of each. You'll get a bunch of you'll get like the golf game, which is fun, but not again not the ones people are like hearkening to buy this for. You will get a nice variety, I think. You'll get a soccer game. You get baseball stars. Sure. I don't think you'll get a wind jammers probably. Because it's, that's a property that's what more better known now, and people are playing it elsewhere. Um, but yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get probably a good variety, I think, on here. Yeah, and like I said, I, they didn't limit get Magician Lord. Uh, I like Magician Lord. Not not a lot of. I'm people not saying it's do. bad. I'm just saying you get get those early titles. Yeah, yeah, I had to double check this just to make sure I wasn't speaking out of my ass. But um, Windjammers is an SNK. It's Data East. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. so they license it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so, that, so that that's that. Then yeah. they might be able to get it because the ideas will say here he'll have it for a dollar fifty. I don't know. Windjammers is doing uh, gangbusters on its own in in, so in post life uh, re release. I mean it's it's in tournaments everywhere now. They, they, there's tournaments in this game. Windjammers? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, follow it on Twitter. It's it's getting a huge resurgence. Did I ever tell you about the first time I played Windjammers and how I destroyed everyone I played? Oh yeah. To tell you about that, yeah, that's probably one of the reasons why one of the YouTubers I destroyed he didn't like it because it was the first time I played it, and that's why he doesn't really talk to me anymore. Um, we'll talk about that another time, all right, though. Anyways, I think I think that exhausts <laughs> our, 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 our conversation on that topic. Well, going back to the Dead East, though, how many Neo Geo games that are popular were third party games? Then. Not a shitload. I say because I was surprised. I didn't know about Windjammers. I did not know that. Yeah, no, I, I had been saying that for years, and you were just making me second guess myself. So I had to, I had to look that. How up. many times have we talked about Windjammers ever? Besides my story. No, I'm just saying you just now. Oh, I just now. Okay. Yeah, I was like, mm, I have to double check. Neo that. Geo game list. Let's go to good old Wikipedia. I'm gonna see how many are third party. I'll, I'll guess like like ten percent are third party. And it's probably like that. Well, and a lot of them, like... Uh, Super Dodgeball, I know off the top of my head, obviously that's Technos. A lot of the companies like You Make Hobo and stuff were, uh, like... Playmore? Second. SNK versus Capcom. That was on the Neo Geo? Playmore, yeah. 2003. SVC Chaos. Holy shit. That was actually in Machines? Like the original Machines, S- by yeah, the way? Yeah, Treg's got the cartridge. Oh, nice. Is that worth money because of that? Probably not. Uh, I mean, SNK, maybe now. Most are either partially SNK, yeah, at exactly. least. exactly. There's very few that were not published by SNK. Develop, developing, there's still most by SNK. There's some weird ones. Eolith, the King of Fighters 2001. Anyway. Oh, I love Sengoku. That better be on that. I'll fucking kill someone if Sengoku's not on there. Sengoku one's on everything. Better be. Sengoku 3 is where the where it's at. Is that where it's at? Yeah, Sengoku 3 is the stuff. Street Slam? I never played that one. Spin Master? No. Anyway, Ian. Yeah. And of course, you got to bust a move. Got to bust a move. Oh yeah, I'll play tournaments of that. So uh, I'm looking forward to this. I might be up for this, especially because this will get hacked in a second, mm-hmm. and then you'll have all your your arcade ROMs on a, on a pretty well made. Then you can buy those anyway, though. You can go to companies and buy them. Four buttons, though. Well, that's enough for most games. But you won't have a four way joystick for like the original. If you want to beat Billy Mitchell's scores on Mame, you won't be able to do it. <laughs> beat Mitchell's meat. What? Mitchell's just beating his meat. Mitchell, in. So but, we talked about the Venom teaser. Yep. I'm not sure we're going to get a lot of, uh, top, a lot of topic length out of this. But the Venom teaser came out, and it was, a, it was a thing. Sure. It was a movie that presented itself as such. There was characters. There were actors. People were saying lines of dialogue. <laughs> there were special effects in there. There was an overturned car. There was sound mixing going on. That's uh-huh. really all I had to say about that Venom teaser. Yeah, same. 
So uh, it's only like two and a half months later, it seems like, probably to get in on the Infinity War action, mm-hmm. to probably put it in front of that. I wouldn't see why not. They have a Venom trailer. That's the thing. There's actors saying lines. There's the same the same warning, beeping sound effect I've heard in about 50 movies before, that halfway through, that sound effect. And um, you have a very disheveled Tom Hardy as a reporter, Eddie Brock. Mm-hmm. Like, very disheveled. Like, he looks almost homeless. Yet, I guess he's this, like, investigative reporter um, that doesn't have hygiene, but still is ripped like Eddie Brock's supposed to be. Wow, you just haven't seen me after, like, a bad day at work in the summer. I... Are you an investigative reporter? <laughs> no, I'm not. But, okay. But, I mean, so, I look so rough. the crux, of, it's number one training on Twitter. So what the fuck do I know? So, but he, he goes, he, he's investigating, I guess, some sort of, like, research center is using live people to test out some stuff because everyone's bad in, in pharmaceuticals according to movies and medicine are all terrible so he 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 digs too far and i guess he gets some it's not a symbiote it's a symbiote according to the trailer they've changed how symbiote is pronounced a symbiote uh, no symbiote 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 or symbiote it's symbiote someone actually asked that Isn't question it? last okay. night and I, I just it makes me think of quaker oats man i don't know why the quaker oats man is this fucking guy who has never left me alone my whole life. I think, what? I think about the Quaker Oats man in <laughs> unreal amount. Where the fuck is this coming from? I'm just telling you. You said symbiote, and it came up last night because someone was making fun of that on the trailer. The Quaker Oats man never leaves me, dude. <laughs> I hate him. I hate his face. I hate his creamy hair that looks like it's made out of fucking shaving cream. It's George Washington's second cousin, probably. I don't give a fuck who it is. He's creepy. He makes good, good oats. The Quaker's Quake. Does he make rice, too? Is there Quaker rice, or is it just oats? I'm thinking of Uncle Ben. uh, Quaker, uh, the Quaker man. um, (laughs) Out there in Pennsylvania, probably? The the Quaker man, uh, his face is on some rice cakes. Oh, that's why. Yeah. Those are popular, too. Anyways... Um, symbiote. How, where is it? Where did this? Let's let's get into this. Let's have let's have a discussion. When did you first discover that the Quaker roast man was haunting you? Um, I think it's because my grandmother had a picture, of like a magnet with his face on it. Oh, it's uh, William Penn, by the way. Okay, the William Penn oh. of Pennsylvania fame is the Quaker roast man. Fuck him. Um, wow, <laughs> wow, yeah. Fuck the guy that Pennsylvania is named after. Yeah, fuck the Quaker wow. Oats man. So my grandmother had like a magnet of him, I think, on um, like this little refrigerator uh, next to the stove. Oh, it's not William Penn. People think it's William Penn. It's not. Yeah, so no, it's, it's not. It was okay. Sorry, it was, it was next to the stove, and it was like a magnet next to the stove. And I thought I I used to fucking sit at this table in her kitchen all the goddamn time, and I would just see him every fucking day. Just looking at you? Just like every week, every couple times That's a week, I hair. just see him. Yeah, and he's a piece of shit. So every time I hear oats, I think of what, the Quaker oat man. But what did he ever do besides yummy warming oats in your belly? He's just morning? always there. I can't... He's just... He's not an asshole. He's just... He doesn't ever go away. He's one of those people who... Founded in 1877 as the Quaker Mills Company. Quaker Mill Company. He's a friend who's outstayed as welcome. Okay. So you're saying they should... They should do a crop top and have like the, the side, shaved side hair that's popular now. And no, you know what might be fine. Um, can we just get a silhouette? Just a silhouette. 
Say silhouette. I changed it. What, what's silhouette? Silhouette. Is a silhouette, silhouette that's chilling can something? We shove it. Like that's it, fruit. It's chilling something. On the... <laughs> can, can we come get back it? to us? That's it, fruit. I what just happened. Yeah, that's I miss it. you guys. I want a silhouette. Anyways, going back to the Venom trailer. Yeah, go back to the Venom trailer. I think it looks fine. I can't hate everything. The effects are still very unfinished. Oh, the effects look like garbage. It's it's because it, it's really it's really fucking bad. It, it, it's him shooting out the, the symbiote. Symbiote. Fuck. I'm, now I'm Magic. picturing the Quaker Oats man <laughs> in like a venom suit. But he's shooting it's out. He's shooting. Awful. But he's shooting out the goo. Because which Venom eventually did start doing that weird shit. Venom originally didn't do that weird shit. Oh yeah, I know. Venom originally was literally Spider Man's doppelganger again. Yeah. It was shooting <laughs> out the web. Shooting out the he web. Shot out webs. He went on webs. He was strong. That's Venom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in my head right now. It's the Quaker Oats dude dressed as Venom jerking off over an entire city. That's all <laughs> over the entire city. Just he's really spreading his oats. Yeah, he's, he's, he's seeing his oats. his oats. his oats. Sowing his wild oats. So anyway, Ian. Yeah. Again, what's so bizarre about this is that Venom is not supposed to exist without hatred for Spider-Man because that's why he looks like fucking Spider-Man. Unless they're going to do the Venom costume without the spider in the middle, and they're not going to have him shooting webs, and the trailer is like actually shooting webs. Unless this is like Wolverine Origins with like Venom Origins before meeting Spider-Man, but the the origins of Venom is Spider-Man again. I, I'm sure uh, Disney and Marvel is looking at this and just like fucking biting through their fucking tongue their giant venom tongues being what the fuck are you doing we could have introduced venom ourselves in like the third or fourth spider-man movie on our own like how dare you motherfuckers like that's probably what they're thinking like they can't do anything about it legally but they want to what are your favorite oatmeal stirrings i enjoy brown sugar and well we had cream of wheat which was very yummy we had like uh the apple cinnamon and then we also had the uh, maple brown sugar, but it's literally eating a bowl of sugar every day. That's why I was a fat kid. You're, you're eating gruel. I, I mean, was a very it's fat just kid. Just a tub of paste. I was a fat kid eating sugar for breakfast. Cinnamon life was sugar life. Oh yeah, breakfast. Yeah. I was living the sugar life as a child. Cinnamon death. Their life cereal. <clears throat> anyway, this looks like a movie that's going to come out. It is in October. Um, they show Venom at the end real quick, and the graphics are, are miserable. Terrible. It's like ultra shiny, slimy. Like you can you can argue, well, what is Venom supposed to look like? I don't know, but those graphics don't look that much better than the 2007 Venom. Like they don't look that much better. Yeah. We are Venom. The tongue comes out, which is the awful post McFarlane Venom that I can't stand again. We're gonna move on from this topic because we're running off the freaking rails with Quaker Oat Man as Venom. I'm sorry. Eddie Brock is the Quaker Oats Man. <laughs> All right. we, we are Quaker Oats. Ian, we like the Blue Apron. We do. We eat it every month. I just had some really good balsamic fig chicken last night. There you go. I had the chicken Slovakia uh, pitas uh, last week. Excellent. Blue Apron is the leading meal kit delivery service in the U.S. And uh, not just burgers for dinner. It's like short rib burgers instead. You know, it's, it, it, it ups the game when it comes to dinner. You get seared steaks and time pan sauce with mashed potatoes green beans and crispy shallots all under 45 minutes without a trip to the grocery store you can be lazy and still cook pretty well for your for your loved one or for yourself love yourself as well so it's the number one fresh ingredient recipe delivery service in the country 
The mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. You can get two-person meal plans, the family meal plan, or even a wine plan if you want to get six bottles of wine from renowned winemakers. So right now, for six weeks from April 16th through May 21st, Blue Apron is teaming with Airbnb to bring you the best home cooking from around the world. Each week, the menu is going to feature uh, recipes developed in collaboration with uh, an Airbnb experience's host, uh, like Cece, a chef from Shanghai who makes incredible Kung Pao chicken, a beloved sticky, saucy mix of browned chicken and vegetables. I'm already hungry. So you can go to uh, get you can get uh, check out the, this week's menu. Get your first three meals free at BlueApron.com/slash/cu. Podcast and what's coming up for the uh, Airbnb April 2018 recipes, which is going into next month a little bit. Steak frites with roasted broccoli and lemon aioli. Ooh, I actually made good good uh, steak fries on one of these recipes. Like they actually mm. came out crispy, like nice. they, they weren't greasy at all. They have roast pork and salsa verde with sautéed vegetable. That's from Florence. The first recipe is from France, by the way. The steak frites. Beef empanadas with roasted sweet potatoes and creamy zucchini. That's yum, from yum. Buenos Aires. <laughs> and Kung Pao chicken, which is said with, with stir-fried snow peas and sweet peppers. Shanghai. You know what? If I had my druthers, I think I'd go for out of these four. I would do the the empanadas from Buenos Aires, and I'd do the steak frites from Paris. I, from would, I would definitely be doing some empanadas. Getting your empanada on? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, just dumping them in your mouth. It's not it's not three or four servings. It's one. It's three. one. Yes. It's one. Just one, one. after the other. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so it's great. Me and Ian have been using Blue Apron for a while. Again, if you want to take part, check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free at blueapron.com slash cu podcast. Blue Apron. It's a better way to cook. Hey everyone, Ian here to talk to you today about Sega CD cases. Um, so, Hi, everybody. Hey, everyone. Hit that like, subscribe button. Um, yeah, so... Sega CD cases, Sega Saturn cases. Long box PlayStation cases. Long box PlayStation cases. Um, are made of um, angel's tears or wings. Very, very delicate material. Okay. Uh, styrene. Especially the little tabs that... Go to the end of the case. Especially yeah. every part of it. Uh, whatever part, okay, whatever sure. part of it you don't want to break is the part that it's is... It's sugar glass. Yeah, it's going to break. It's it, sugar glass. It's sugar glass. But it doesn't taste as good. Um, <clears throat> okay. They shatter into tons and tons of pieces. Um, they are the bane of my existence at work. I hate them. You can probably call together sets of them from the, all the pieces. Like, Perhaps. Like, together, Frankenstein a case together. If you have never been cut by a shard of jewel case... <laughs> Good, good, because paper cuts suck, cardboard cuts suck, these are real bad. So, you can't buy replacements of these, or at least you couldn't. Well, well we discussed on the podcast about six to eight weeks ago that about how Limited Run, Run Games was looking into producing their own. They exactly. When that happened, at the time, I was not aware that there was a seller who had already uh, did their own from, I, I think, China, and was selling them in a set on Amazon. But that seller did email me, giving me a rundown of information. Yes, I recall. And I was like surprised by what was... I'm not going to go into the, the fine details. Some of that came out in this Kotaku article again, by our, by our friend and journalist, Chris Kohler. Um, but there is now a competition between two parties over Sega CD replacement cases. 
Right. We went years and years without, without having these. We went 20 years without them, and now two rival companies. And this is, this is a lot of money at stake here. This isn't chump change. No, not at all. You have to get molds made. You have to get a large quantity made and get them shipped over. As detailed in this article, the amount of money at stake here is uh, talking one hundred fifty grand. Yes, that is what that's what uh, Limited Run Games has put into this. And uh, Chris, the other guy, um, does not have quite as much in, but still has quite a bit of his own money tied into um, his. Sure. So he got his done in China, which which is Limited Run in this article is kind of upset about because. Limited Run wants to keep the molds here so they don't go over to China. So you didn't have next week, you'll have a thousand people making them on AliExpress. Right. Their concern is that even though uh, the fellow Chris, who has the other molds done, uh, who is not Limited Run, is that with the molds being done in China, there's fear that through less than savory means, uh, these molds that are his, regardless, could end up being used to produce basically bootleg replacement cases. Sure, and then they'll flood the market, it, and then you'll and screw then yourself and screw anyone else. None of them are going to make any money off of the uh, the and, investment they've made and it in like, making these. And it seemed like in the article, Chris doesn't really care that much about that being a possibility. But here's, here's the thing, Ian. Yes. The cases that exist are are not that good. Right. So I, I, the, I, black, the, uh, the black inner tray... Falls doesn't out. fall the, the trade doesn't stay closed right. I, I guess when you when you turn it upside down there's a good quote about josh from living run where he said the first thing he did when he found one of these cases he put it upside down and the thing fell apart right so these are not gonna these are not gonna be replacements in the long run. run maybe it'll be like a bridge to proper ones being done by limited run we're putting in tons of money to make sure these are done. they're recasting the mold from scratch that's where the money is into this i don't know how chris made his but if he made them to the proper specs, they wouldn't be falling apart. Correct. So a greater so and Chris states that after the first run is sold through, he's going to you know fix the mold. But not Chris Cole running the auction, no, by the yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> unless, unless Chris has a double life. No, I don't. Well, he's a man of he's a man of many talents. Um, that said, uh. One of the larger concerns here is, especially if this mold isn't fixed and this mold is used to produce bootleg or unauthorized runs of these. They're all going to be bad. Then they're all going to be bad and you don't know if you're getting good or bad. Well, you would know if you're getting good ones, but you're going to have to go directly through. You know, Limited Run is still going to be the only place you're going to want to go through to get these. Sure, you might pay a slight premium. Potentially, but at least these are to the specs of the original. Right. So at this point, it seems like limited run is still the only place to go. But then, you know, when you're looking at cases in in public now, when you're looking at nice cases or replaced cases, now you're going to have to wonder where did these come from? You know, yes. If I'm buying buying a Saturn game on eBay, is this a crappy case case? or not? So now it's like broken case good or bad i mean are you just going to have to assume that you're going to want to change these cases at some point anyways and josh from later run went to sony and said hey can you make these cases again yep and, and they, they, so he actually tried to go to the source and they're like no we don't have any interest in doing that so it's like ah <laughs> but they probably have the molds around somewhere you know maybe sure but, but they get to decide what they're being used yes, for they and... control that that's their intellectual property it's a shame because my uh, intellectual property is a physical property the patents ran out i believe this. I believe yeah. it stated that Josh said that it's through the same pr- 
production line or warehouse where they get their um their Vita stuff printed, I believe. Okay. So you know, it's a shame that they couldn't work out something to get it done. You know, there just because they're going you know, to Clearview, a New York-based company, to produce new molds, painstakingly recreating the Sega cases down to the millimeter. They've been sending samples back and forth. So they're doing the due diligence to make sure this is exactly like the old one. That's going to be fantastic. And I don't know if you saw, they're also doing acrylic cases, not just the styrene cases. So oh. if you wanted ones that don't scratch up or don't get scuffed, but you know, may, retain, they're going to stay clear and shiny for a lot longer. So according to the article, these are gonna, the limited runs are going to be twice as expensive as the lower end versions. Uh, excuse me. The acrylic will be the twice acrylic as expensive. Will be twice expensive. So those would be $10 each. So, much stronger, scratch less easily. Oh, okay. I, I I hope nothing but the best for the guys at Limited Run. Um, it sounds like their cases are being you know researched and handled just a lot better, obviously. Um, and I, I I don't wish any ill will on Chris. I hope you know, but he doesn't no. seem to worry too much about the money he's he's invested in it. Um, but I don't think limited run necessary. I, I would hope that they don't have to worry too much. It sounds like there's too many issues already with the 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 current ones that are so, out. So, in all fairness, we're going to advertise. We're going to say you can get the the the, rigid, the the Chris run ones on Amazon. You can get a ten pack for. Oh, he lowered the price again. It's like you can get them for thirty dollars uh, prime, free one day shipping. So that means they're shipped to Amazon. So he's trying to just get rid of them. I think it states point. that at the bottom. He says he's just I'm trying sure. to sell through them so he can fix the mold. Oh, uh, this is this is an arm. This is a tech race. Who's going to get it first? The I, proper ones, I guess. Um, Thirty dollars for ten of them with free shipping, but the reviews is only a three point three out of five with fifteen reviews. I feel like a case should probably something as simple as a case so, should probably have a this. This is important. Five star. A third or five star ratings. A third or only two star ratings. So there are people that are not happy with this. Save your money. Uh, good but not great. Save your money. Close but lacking important features of the original cases. Product is very hit or miss. Someone says they look like originals. Four stars. A Sega CD and Saturn Collector's Dream. Four stars. Poor and disappointed. One star. Skip these until a new revision. Two stars. So that's where you're going to get. You're going to get something that looks like the original but doesn't function like the original it looks like. And to me, that misses that misses the point. Of no, what, you have of to. What, of I don't want to. I don't be taking a Sega CD game off my shelf, and then the thing falls open itself, and the disc falls out with the with the with the backing plastic. You sure. Don't want that. And and also, if it's not to spec, then it's not really a replacement Sega. No, CD it's not. Case. That it's something else entirely different. That's that. People are like, well, isn't this, you know, not the same? No, it is the same to me as long as it's materially the same. As long as it's materially the same, which is what limited run games is doing this to me doesn't meet that requirement good point ian wow good point you're not just good for insane quaker oats rants no (laughs) but i am good for those too ian we have a a scumbag scumbag seller of the week now this is an interesting scumbag seller of the week because this is one that was discovered on the not so common podcast with with our pal Chris Kohler. Hey, well, Chris, Chris, Chris gets two shout-outs in the podcast. <laughs> Chris, buddy. Chris, you, you, you're you basically Chris, a feature on this episode. A couple more, you can branch off to your own Twitch channel. You can do, <laughs> you can do live collecting on Twitch. So on the Not-So-Common podcast, we were talking about you know stuff. I, I don't know how we came up 
up up to like really weird collectibles in the retro gaming scene. And there's weird stuff, and there's weird stuff. One of the strangest things to me is the U.S. in quotes version of the Master System Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. It was a later release. I believe it was '91. At that point, it was dead in the U.S. Master System, and I remember seeing Sonic at my kitty city like that late. Yeah, because I was the only idiot getting a Master System that late. Because I got that the same Christmas as I got this uh, Super Nintendo, 91. So, Sonic the Hedgehog did come out in the U.S. It did. Yeah. What's weird about Sonic in the U.S., though, is that there, there's a claim, I guess, that some exist with a U.S. UPC sticker on the box. A sticker over the UPC on the box. On the on the case, because all Sega Master System games, they're not a box. They have a, just a case and it's sealed up. Correct. So this has a sticker over the case, I should say, not in the box. The sticker of the UPC is over the case. So the question I to make it had, a US UPC because it, because it's a because it's a multilingual. It's one of the few that came out in the US. I think along with Strider and I think Mickey Castle of Illusion. There might be one more Spider Man. The multi language manual. I think Spider Man is the other one. That there's like three or four that have the multi language case that came oh, out. Case the, that sure. were and that European version was brought to the U.S. because they were later releases. And this was one of them, Sonic. There wasn't a U.S. case. Is the UPC supposedly over the plastic or under the plastic and over the slip? See, that's what's weird about it. Okay, because I was I was always under the impression it was supposed to be it was under the plastic over the slip. I I thought it was too. I thought okay. it was directly on the the box. That's okay. what I thought. So, and, and the ones that I know that have existed, I didn't know there was a sealed one ever. But we can look at them online. So, when I was talking to Chris in the Nascom podcast, we found one that was selling for a large amount of money with a US UPC sticker, which I've never seen one in person, by the way. They're that hard to find. Right. I, it's debatable, debatable whether or not that was only some stores that did that or they all did that. But enough of them came out in the, in the US, I would think that more would probably exist if they were all done that way. So let's look up Sonic Master System US and go to like completed. And that'll come up. By the way, Sonic 2 and Spinball and other ones came out all over the world, just not here because it was dead and gone. The Master System here. Let's see. Worldwide and do completed. And you'll get most, you'll get some in the US, but not many. All right. So the one we were looking at, there's two that come up that have sold. One sold on January 29th, not sealed. It sold for $600. Which to me, I remember looking at that. I'm like, that's actually for a game that, even just a little piece, it's actually not terrible price if if you value it being that rare. Now we'll get into valuing a sticker for that much money though. So so the one that sold in New York at the end of January, yes, it's, if you look at the sticker, it's it's directly on the case. Okay. On the top of the plastic part of the case. Okay. And you have the number that you see is zero seven zero seven six seven or the last six digits on there. That sold in the January. It totally covers the plastic one underneath. Got right. Totally covers it. So then me and Chris discovered this one that sold for it was selling for thirteen hundred dollars in beginning of March, March twelfth. This is out of Arizona. Sold by the seller is Cat Babe. Two T C A T T underscore Babe. Cat Babe. Right. Cat Babe. So that one that sold, when you click on it, did you find it? I found the seller. So click on the completed. So this was a sealed one, first of all. First of all, it was sealed. There's even the Sega seal on the on the sticker on the on the yeah. case that are opens uh-huh. that you see on some of them. Yes. 
when you look at the when you look at the UPC though, it's weird. It's the same numbers as the, the, the one we saw that was authentic that sold for six hundred, uh-huh. but it doesn't totally cover up the code on the case underneath. So when Chris saw that on the podcast, he said, "Hmm, that's strange. I've never seen one that didn't cover up. It's shorter. Why isn't it covering up the entire uh, UPC code on the plastic? You got it yet?" Just look at completed I have listings. the current one. Just click on completed listings, and you can find it. So at the time, Chris said, I think that could not be real. That could possibly be fake. And I thought to myself, that's a good point, based upon because Chris has one. And for the ones that he's seen, uh, they totally covered it underneath. And if it's a UPC, you want it to cover because you don't want to have to scan two different ones by accident. Like a UPC is a code that you scan. 1325? Yes. Yeah. That's it. So if you see that one, you can see that it's totally not covering it. So we didn't think anything other at the time. But there's now another one for sale from the same seller. Another sealed U.S. Sonic the Hedgehog with the UPC. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can. T- yeah, that, that UPC is totally... It's, it's not covering it. Yep. So now if you look at the new one for sale. So the last one sold at 325 and I feel really bad if that person got it because it was most likely fake. It was a, it was a European one that they put it Right, because European ones go for like twenty bucks. Yeah, they're they're that's one I have. I don't give a shit. Um, so but when you look at the new one, Ian, they're starting at fourteen hundred forty four dollars forty four cents. Yep. There's a weird Sega Seal of Quality Quality. sticker on it. I don't know what that is. That looks like a Genesis, uh, the gold Genesis logo. Yeah, to me. But then when you look at the UPC of the new one, it's totally different than the last one. It's totally different, but the number Numbers is not proper. proper. And Chris Kohler tweeted it saying, huh, that's the UPC, I think he said, of Golden Axe War. Here, here. Shenanigans! Yeah. Whoop, you're a scumbag. I mean, the likelihood of this person finding two of the sealed ones, unless they had, like... New old stock is low oh, as hell, anyway. Oh, sure, the likelihood, but then they would not have different UPC. Well, obviously, codes. I'm just saying, just them having two of them sure. is would be odd to begin with. But two UPC codes, two differently cut UPC codes, different numbers. So this would be easy to pull off. You'd find it. You'd buy a fifteen. It actually could be cheaper than that. When I went to Europe, I think they were cheaper. You you pay fifteen bucks, twenty bucks. You buy a, a Sonic. You fucking cut out a UPC sticker. You print one up. You slap it on there, you, you reseal it up, and you say, oh, this is authentic. Yeah. And this was always a concern I had with this game in the first place. I kind of figured that this might have been a larger problem. I'm surprised that this hasn't come up on the podcast well, there's, yet. There's not, many people, there's not many people that are looking for this or know about True. this. Or okay. value it. And this is where I got into Chris. Where me, we actually kind of agreed on this, that when you get into the video game uh, ephemera, or the stuff that's like weirdly associated with the games... When you start to overvalue them to begin with, like in the case of this, that's where I'm out because this is what happens. When sure. you have someone that could have just got fleeced for $1,300 for literally thinking that a UPC sticker was made at the time and put on that uh, package, I'm out. Yeah. That's because materially the game's exactly the same. The case is the same. The manual's the same. The game's like everything's the same. It's the same game. The games were produced at the same time. Just that some came over here and some store or whatever. Or I don't know if Sega of US did it or Tonka at the time was even because they were doing the distribution of, of Sega games. 
decide we want to put a, a UPC sticker to help out the store, the local stores in the U.S. I'm out. I don't give a shit. I don't think it's worth that much. I don't no. care about it. And I would say that if I owned it, I don't care. Sure. You know, it'd be cool to own, but it's not worth that. If you own that and a European copy, I'd be like, this is $600 that I could use for something else. Like, there's yes. zero reason to. Zero. And now, even the one that sold for $600, I'm looking at, I'm like, even that was like, would I spend that much on it? Because I had the chance. I remember seeing that buy now, and I was like, it might have started lower. It might have started, it could be one of those ones I raised it. I, I remember it was like maybe 450 or five, and I was like, is that worth getting this because it's so rare? Or is it still, who cares, it's a sticker? And I still was like, airing the side of, if that was like $100, I'd probably buy it, or 150 but 600 not for a fucking sticker. Nope. So, so all right, cat babe. You fleeced one person. Allegedly. Yeah. But um, you're selling a Shining Force. You're selling a nice bikini. If you're a cat babe, maybe you, maybe you wore that bikini, that two-piece at one point. I don't know. And a copy of iRobot on DVD, widescreen edition. So, I don't know how you got into this. <laughs> or maybe you did somehow find ones that were mocked up by someone else that were trying to scam people. Maybe maybe you're selling them offhand. You don't know that, but they're BS. Odds of that would be kind of weird, especially if you know it's authentic to begin with. You know, if you looked into it, not just sold it as a, a Sonic Master. Just with that weird uh, Genesis sticker on it too. So this is this is the first time I've encountered this, but I'm not shocked by it. I'm not shocked at all. So we sold a lot of uh, a lot of uh, ooh, sold the uh, Rick Ross uh, 50 Cent disc authentic CD. Oh, <laughs> all right. So a, lot, a lot of stuff going on here. All right, Cat Babe, uh, you are the scumbag Sonic UPC seller of the week. The good folks at Away Travel sent me some nice carry-on luggage. It looks nice. It's it's sleek. It's over there. It's a hard luggage case. It's got the spinners going on it. What's cool about it are the accoutrements with it. There is a built-in USB uh, charger, like one of those portable chargers for your phone. Uh, it plugs right in. It snaps right into the front of your case. So you can charge your phone while you're, you know, slowly. You don't want to be late for your flight, but you want to slowly come out through the gate. But you can uh, take it out and put it in your pocket as well, especially if you're checking your luggage. Um, so it's great luggage. It comes with uh, it comes with the AC adapters for all around the world. It comes with a charging cable for the built-in little uh, travel charger. There's also a cute little pouch. For your laundry bag. It has its own little laundry bag built in. I really enjoyed that. Check it out. There's a special promo coming on for a Away Travel suitcase. Go to awaytravel.com slash podcast and you use promo code podcast at checkout and you'll save $20 off a suitcase. There's multiple colors. I think I got what I get the I got a dark gray going on there. Yes. Very it's sleek. Very sleek. I'll be able to I'll be able to pick it out without putting a happy face sticker on my luggage. Like like I see people do some from time to time or like a balloon or whatever the hell they put on it. I think I have a pink poof <laughs> on mine. So all suitcases feature premium German polycarbonate, unrivaled in strength and impact resistance and very lightweight. It is lightweight. I can I can curl that. Uh, patent pending compression system, helpful for overpackers. I'm a huge overpacker, as you know that. Yes, as you know. You are. Four 360-degree spinner wheels, guarantees a smooth drive. TSA-approved combination lock built into the, into the top of the bag to prevent theft. And removable, washable laundry bags keep dirty clothes separate from clean, which I'm, I'm a big person about the laundry bags. You've seen them. Yes. Mine are usually too big and sloppy. This is a nice, sleek one. There's two different sizes, and, and or both can do the charge the cell phones, your tablets, the e-readers, and anything else that's powered by a USB cord. 
A single charge of the Away Carry-On will charge your iPhone five times. And there's a lifetime warranty. They're standing by their German polycarbonate design. They're standing by. I like that. (laughs) And there's a 100-day trial. You can use it, and and at any point you don't like it, return it for a full full refund, no questions asked. Free shipping on any order within the lower 48 states. There you go. And their carry-on sizes are compliant with all major U.S. airlines. So, So you can stick it in the overhead. Hit us again with that special offer. All right. The special offer, $20 off a suitcase. Go to awaytravel.com slash CU podcast and use promo code CU podcast during checkout. I'm using it the next time we go away, Ian, me and you. Woo! We're going to hold hands together. Yep. Yep. With our away travel luggage. We will. Stow it above us. All right. Away travel. The better way to travel. I just gave him a slogan. (laughs) We've got Sega coming in with, geez, Sega, just Sega, just ham. Oh, hey, just, just Sega hey. coming at you. Oh, hey, just just want to let you guys know uh, we're still here, and we do have something else going on. Hey, guys, want to tell you about something here that's coming on? <laughs> <laughs> I do love, I, I mean, I love Sega, I do, and this is actually great. Is this a fourth topic from Sega? Third, at least. Um, Sonic Cult? <laughs> we didn't cover the Sonic Cult. All right, what's going on here, Ian? So, Sega's announced that they're going to be releasing uh, the games from the Sega Ages uh, series, which is kind of their it's their individual release, like, archive series. And they're going to be releasing those games on the Switch. So, um, Alex Kidd and Miracle World. Thunder Force 4, Alex Kidd, Sonic, uh, Sonic Fantasy Star, and, and Gain Ground, which I really like Gain Ground. I'm to play that. I'm, I'm excited that that's going to be coming. Um, are all announced uh, to be getting ported uh, to the Switch. So that's fantastic. And um, the reason I'm excited about this is the Switch has become not only a shooter console like we were talking about you know in a prior week uh prior episode but it's really become a fantastic home for um accurate arcade conversions they uh and uh just you know retro game uh retro games in general but really nice arcade conversions uh with the CQO shooters and the Neo Geo um, arcade games getting ported, and even some of Nintendo's arcade games getting ported. You can get Punch Out on there now, yes, it, which I have, and it's you know it's fantastic to play through. Bible, Bible, yeah, hook, 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 And so now Sega's you know joining in with bringing some of the stuff, and some of it's console stuff, you know, obviously like the Fantasy Star and the Alex Kid, but the um, the game ground is actually going to be the arcade release. So I hope we get to see more and more of this. Uh, you know, on the 3DS, we were lucky enough to get fantastic arcade conversions of uh, Space Harrier and Super Hang-On and Puyo Puyo and Fantasy Zone. So I would I would love for them to continue that. Um, and then things like Thunder Force 4 are just fantastic shooters and are expensive to play and purchase in the first place. So it's going to be great having them um, readily available. How come I've never come across Game Ground on the Genesis? It's harder to find now. I used to see it. I've never seen it, I don't think. I used to see it somewhat fairly frequently. I think I own it. But, yeah, I don't see it very often anymore. So this is great. I hope to see these start rolling out. Fantasy Star's got... 
become um, pretty damn expensive for the Master System. It used to be at like 50. Fantasy Stars com- went up? Oh, it's like 100 now. Complete. No, it was, no, it was, I think it's two versions. One with a battery and one without a battery. I think there's one with a password save one as a battery, I think. Mm, possibly. I want the battery. They're both pretty expensive. It says, one says battery on the, on yeah, the box. Yeah, you're right. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Um, and I guess I should probably play through Alex Kidd and Miracle No, World you shouldn't. Again. You don't have to do that. I probably can should. It, can they swap the jump buttons back to being proper at least? <laughs> can you fucking fix that disaster? Uh, yeah. Holy it, shit, the ro- it's the only game ever. The rock, paper, scissors stuff is a little rough too a little because it's 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 not random like it's it's just that you have to go play through it know what they're going to do and come back yeah and play it again yep yeah. if it was random you have a better chance game ground is cool though it, it everyone tries to play it as like an all-out action game and you actually have to take your time with it there's there's quite a bit oh, of strategy for, hold on. if it was random you wouldn't have a better chance it would still be random yeah sorry what <laughs> you know whatever <laughs> i've never played game ground but i've heard of it heard of it yeah I just I don't think I've ever seen a copy for sale. Ah, okay. So the Sega Ages collection is stating that there is going to be Dreamcast and Saturn games uh, released oh. in the in the, On uh, the Switch in, in the uh, collection uh, soon, and hopefully, yep, yes, and there will be yeah for the Switch in the so future. So maybe you will get a Shen. Uh, maybe not the one and two remaster. We get the original Shenmue. We could. I mean, if they're doing this maybe for the Crazy Switch, Taxi. I would love Crazy Taxi. You can put, yeah, 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 yeah. They'll never do it with that music again, though, which is a shame. But I will buy Crazy Taxi for anything they want to put it on. I played that a lot on the on my Wii when I had the GameCube version. I played that a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like playing the the free mode and just going around as far as I could. You know what I mean? Start like five minutes, whatever. Oh, the five minute mode or the yeah. ten minute mode? That was my favorite. Yeah, those were fun. Which was just a mode that was no Thailand. You just drive around and do whatever. Yes, great. and just fuck around and yeah. find all like the shortcuts and stuff like that. Yeah, that would have been good. All right, say so stay off the podcast for a little lot, a little bit, would you? I thought you were going to okay. say stay off the pot. Stay off the pot. Well, <laughs> speaking off the- of that, not nice, Ian, because we have a game collector finding drugs hidden inside their NES cartridges. Oh ho, oh ho, oh ho! Yes, we sure do. And his name is Ian Ferguson. No. It's no, it's not me. So Ju- Julian Turner, collector of retro video games. This is a Kotaku Australia article. Went to a market to buy some NES games and opened them up. Uh, copy of Roller Games and Golf. Yep. Roller Games is a PAL version. And this, this happened in Georgia, by the way. So I'm not sure why there'd be a PAL version of Roller Games. I think that's what there. tipped the person off. Yeah, it can be weird to find that one at all. You don't usually find like a PAL game. I don't think, I can't remember the last time I found a PAL NES game. If I found, if I found like PAL PlayStation 1 games. <laughs> um, so he, according to the article, he noticed the cartridges felt heavier in, in the hand. He weighed them and found they were 50% heavier than they should have been. He unscrewed them, and uh, he found uh, some drugs. Four shiny plastic bags of generic brand drugs, because uh, we don't know what drugs they were. It looks like they're vacuum-sealed inside of, like, silver... Pla- uh, silver. Are they, like, vacuum-sealed, they look like? Yeah, it looks like it. What do you think, like, what do you think they could be? Mm. If, it, if it's only 50% heavier, it could be, like, uh, some sort of powder substance. Yeah, yeah. heroin or coke. Good old, good old heroin. Some yeah, some good old black tar heroin. Some old, some old fashioned powdered thunder. I don't, I don't know. I'm just making up names. Um, but yeah, they said that they called the police. They took him. Uh, the person who wrote this article was going to try and uh, find out what the drugs were after the fact, but they never did. Um, so this, it, this is a YouTuber, by the way, that films are pickups. 
Um, so yeah, this happened live on air. Uh, it looks. Oh, is it, oh, it was live. Uh, we actually got a chance to see all this happen in real time in the video since Turner often films his pickups. Oh, but they're live pickups. Okay. Uh, they might have been. I'm looking at the video. Okay, so this, let's, let's see this video. It was. It looks like a live thing. Um, yeah, 240,000 views. Uh, this is uh, Emmett Turner is the YouTube name. You know, it's Julian Turner is the name in the article. So it was an April pickup video with a bunch of other stuff. Some good stuff. It looks kind of like, you know, how you used to be able to buy, like, coffee in those vacuum-sealed bricks? That's what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, it looks, it looks a little bit like that. Like, if you cut it, you hear the... So, yeah, he opened these up live. But... No, it wasn't live. There's, there's okay. text on here. He edited this. Okay. The video is called April Week 1 Pickups Featuring Drugs Slash Police. Yes, this was not live. Uh, featuring Drugs Slash Police. Yeah. Um. So, the funny thing was is... This was in a copy of Roller Games and a copy of Golf. And while he was looking around online... Why is there three arms in the in the shot? I just got fucking screwed with. There's like th- three hairy arms around. This guy's got three arms. That's to be the story here. <laughs> There's three arms in, the, in this video. Looking around, uh, there was a story he found of another copy of Golf that a collector had found to be stuffed with $5,000 worth of bills oh. dating back to 1985. Yeah, I ain't telling the police about that one. Yeah. That's going in Pat's pocket. <laughs> and uh, I was going to the bank. <laughs> and it was funny because someone texted, uh, texted, sent me uh, a tweet asking if I had seen a surge in interest in golf carts uh, at work. Oh, people think searching for him? Yeah, and I had sold you know two like the the week before, so I was like, oh, that's funny. But I mean, golf is a you know like a two dollar game, so it sells regardless. But, oh sure, you know it was funny to think that there might be people going around looking for golf carts because you know one of them had five thousand dollars in it, and another one had uh, generic drugs packed into it. It was probably some sort of heroin or cocaine brick. Or yeah, I'm gonna guess probably heroin. I'm but, just going to um, go out on a limb and say heroin. The the golf with $5,000. That that's 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 nuts. Yeah. Cuz because at that point it's like where who are you hiding the 5 grand from? Yes. You don't you distrust them that much that or mistrust them that much you're putting them in an NES game. Instead of I don't know anywhere else besides an NES game. Right. Then again, it's brilliant. I guess I can hide money in, in a random NES game and you wouldn't find it. I used to hide my LSD underneath my NES. You know that little clip-off? The clip-off? The clip-off, the clip-off thing? Perfect place to just put uh, put your 10 strips. No one ever found that? No. Okay, I don't know. I mean, how would anyone find that? I don't know. Maybe a sister did or a cat. I don't know. It got in there. If anyone needs to hide LSD, trust me, that's a great place to do it. So, all right. Well, well you probably have stories about finding nefarious cockroaches and drugs and some cockroaches uh, yes yes gross you get uh, you get real tuned into the smell of cockroach shit when you work in used video games i've only bought one nes at the swap that had one cockroach in it <sighs> and then i'm sorry i thought it got away i thought i then i found it like two days later thank god for like multiplied was it fucking wearing your bathrobe drinking coffee out of your mug Might reading well your been. goddamn newspaper because i'll because i'll okay I was afraid I was gonna. Well, I was afraid I was gonna multiply because I've never had. There's no cockroaches that was in my condo ever. We don't die. We multiply. We're Bebe's kids. Super Nintendo game. Yeah. I can't say how many stars I got because the book's still being written. But someone reviewed it. it wasn't me. <laughs> um. Anyway, 
All right. Well, that's a thing. That's fun. I was gonna. I was gonna talk about. There was an eBay listing that was taken down for a gold Nintendo World Championship. It's like a real one. It says selected items no longer available. So there has been a gold NWC for sale in a while. I, I I've gotten a couple offers of mine, but I thought that would have been interesting. Nevertheless, Ian, we're moving on. We're gonna move on to the poly mega 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 so originally this was the retro blocks modular retro console where blocks b-l-o-x blocks they had to change the name i think because of a trademark dispute um, someone else was using the name retro blocks or blocks at least, blocks has been uh roblox i yeah, think b-l-o-x it, yeah. so what the, what this was going to be and i first saw it at over a year ago i saw the prototype which a lot of people talked about at soul car retro gaming expo in 2017 january it starts with the CD-based system, like the CD we talked about, where CD, where it's you can have a PlayStation games played on there, anything with a disc or uh, DOS box. So that's the base unit. They're doing something similar. That's the base unit. It's a CD-based unit with for that. But then you buy add-ons and plug in like an NES unit. Right. You can plug in, I think, N64 or whatever else. So then you have these modular blocks to build up your system, I guess, and buying each block. But you all got to start with the base unit, which I think was going to cost between sixty and hundred. I forget something like that. So it's been delayed, and there hasn't been much news about it even until now. Right, correct. They uh, posted a video of a fourteen-layer circuit board being printed with the Polymega trademark on it, and uh, well, that's about all I can say. Um, that, that really, that's it. That's what we got. Yeah, we put on the docket for that. I I told you. I told you before we started that that's all it was. We have 34 seconds of them printing the circuit board. Uh, just um, a PCB. It's just, yeah, we PCB. Don't know, we don't know if it's, it's the brain or the motherboard, I guess. we. But there is going to be a larger marketing campaign later this year. And the company is focused on E3 2018, where it'll be showing more details and a pre-order process. <laughs> I'm willing to give this a time of day because this is actually an idea that I think interests me. Um, especially from a storage standpoint. Small modules that can be attached to a CD-based system are something that I think can be um, dealt with more easily. And it's something that you can simply pull out, plug in, and put away when you're done with it. Plus the CD... Versus a whole system. Versus it. something like a Retron 5, which is big and bulky, and you have no choice. It's this fucking big. <laughs> it's not that it's bigger than the Quaker Oats Man. It's it's the size of two Quaker Oats Men. Okay. And um, you only have to pull out what you want to use it for. Also, I like the idea I of a CD-based system um, just because, as we've discussed before the CD, there was nothing really like this. CD. 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 And I'm... I'm always looking well. That's for, good to me, and I, I'm always looking for something that I can use my PC engine in turbo games. The on. only problem is with them taking this long. This was supposed to kickstart last year, right? There's been analogs already done. The analog NT, yep. They're done the Super NT. Yep. I'm sure they're going to do a Genesis. Well, right? and those all have the. I mean, you only really need the converters at that point for that stuff, right? Sure. If you want to get into that, in theory, the Super NT can play Genesis as long as you put the cores in it. Right. It can do anything 16 bit going backwards. So you're Shoot talking about the core. all those systems. So. And what's better about those analog systems as FPGA. Right. This technology is probably emulation. Oh, right. Yeah, there is that. There is that, Ian. So with these modules, <laughs> what you're really doing is doing the modules probably 
bring him over just to get the converter for it, and then the brain still controls everything mm. inside the original system. That's what my guess is from what this looks like. Well, you know what I mean? And you make a good point. Man, I'm making a lot of points for Ian today. Points. I made points, too. I didn't say you did. I'm just saying you were acknowledging mine. I yes. feel good. I feel nipply. Yeah. Nimble. Nimble like being a sausage fingers. Um, yeah, I mean, really, then, if you look at it that way, is this... Is this just a lot of extra packaging then around converters that you could be using on the Super NT? That's for the marketplace to decide. It is. Because if they allow it to be jailbroken like they allowed the regular analog NT, what happens if you put I don't know, what if they what if what if the, the mighty catchers writes a Neo Geo FPGA at some point, you know? And ascends to <laughs> And then ascends to Neo Geo Heaven. And ascends into the sun. And then on your on your super analog into is that sixteen bit uh, Neo Geo? I have no fucking clue. The whole, you see what I'm saying though? He he can write the television one. I think he already did write a lot of these. It's just get the, getting the converters right. and putting it into the super this is an advertiser for analog, by the way. But I'm just telling you, that's in theory, that's what you should be able to do. You should be able to play NES games on your Super NT. Are you sure it's not? Because you went right to them for Arcade Sticks, which I found they very like, suspect. They sent me a very nice it is. wood-finished pretty. Pretty And I didn't do a review of it. They sent me a Super NT. I still have to do a review on it. I have it in time at Castle Country being upgraded to do it. That's why. It's not an ad. I'm just saying they've been nice. I know. Here's a sellout, Ian. Punch him in the dick. <laughs> so anyway, we'll see what happens to the Polymega. I'm... I, I'm I'm anxious to see what they have to offer. Yeah. I, maybe I, maybe they'll prove me wrong. Maybe they're, you know. But I'm, I'm hoping that this isn't a case of we're, just, we're too late to the market. And yeah, I guess that, that when you brought that up, that's, that's the larger fear here. Uh, I also hope that you can attach the modules wherever you'd like so that I can maybe make it look like a tree. It's not going to be doing eight at a time. It's putting one in. No, no. Then I'm not interested. You want to make like, a, like, a, like an ornament? Yeah. It's it's not like okay uh, NES game. Now we're gonna do a Sega CD game over here. Now we're, no, I want to put no, it either. together the way I want no, to put either. it together. They're, they're gonna be in your in your drawer. Like open it up, bring out one of your seven mm. things, and plug it into the main system. That's how it's gonna work. You want a transformer? I, you want a Voltron retro system? Look, that's what it, you want. You want a Voltron? I I look. It we're, gonna was make, we're gonna make the retro. It was originally Retrotron. There it, it is. Was originally called Retro Blocks. I want it to be like blocks. I want to build a house. <laughs> you want to buy 50 of them and build like a little cottage, a little shed in the back so we can play? Uh, All right. Let's talk about rubbing, Pat. What? The next topic. Okay. I'm not going to ask Ian how to access the CU Podcast Patreon. <laughs> but it's patreon.com slash CU Podcast. And there you can, we have the, you can, uh, www. Patreon Discord we have available. You can watch this video format we have going on here. There's the call-in number, the voice Q&A. And for a dollar only, you can get some musings from Ian every week. Yeah. What's going on. And there then also, one up today. You, can, you can vote on the Patreon uh, topic. So we had three. We had how much do repro labels reduce the value of a game? That got 23%. Ethics of YouTubers reviewing Free retro gaming products, 23%. And a whopping 54%, the majority, want to talk about... Have, want Pat and Ian to talk about Pat giving or getting the rub from other content creators. So this is an essential Asian massage parlor term. Getting the rub or, or, or giving the rub has to do... It's a wrestling term, meaning... You, you, sensual massage. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, when you give the rub, 
it's like I'm helping you out. I'm I'm promoting you. I'm I'm making your stature bigger. That's Incorrect. what that means. Giving the rub to someone or getting the rub from something. Your 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 fame is being increased or your exposure, so to speak. All right. So Pat, getting or giving the rub. I've I've been I've communicated with friends with lots of content creators over, over the years, and when you talk about I guess who I've gotten the rub from in the past, people especially psychopathic YouTubers who make up stories about me like to say that I rode uh, like James Rolfe's coattails to fame is like a, a one I've seen uh, thrown at me from time to time. Um, James gave me the rub in terms of helping me out professionally. He showed me some work ethic things that I appreciated. He showed me a process. He, he validated me. I think at the time in terms of you are, uh, someone that I can work with, you're good enough to work with. So that was good. He sure it, gave you a hot rub. Give me a hot rub. But in terms of like my popular on YouTube, at the time when that NWC video came out, it really didn't do much for me professionally because at the time that video came out on game trailers in uh, 2011. And when it came out, um, there wasn't any way for people to know that I was actually a, a YouTuber that I was a content creator. There wasn't any links at the bottom or anything. There was mm, at the very mm. end, it was like, check out Pat at the punk my dead website, you know, at the time and still dead now. So people even years later came up to me and say, yeah, I thought you were just like an actor for that story. They didn't realize that right. Pat, the NES punk was actually a, like a prior creation before that video. And that's no fault of James or anything else. That's just that it was game trailers. It was thrown on game yeah, trailers. It was, it was just, and it, and it didn't go on YouTube for the, at the time there was still that contract where James's videos didn't go, didn't go on YouTube for like whatever it was six months or twelve months later they would go on right you know so when I did that YouTube video with James oh, I did that video with James I had seven thousand YouTube subscribers I only went up to ten thousand after doing a video that got a, like a million views on game trailers it did nothing for me in terms of that just in terms of people knowing that hey that's a video I saw you in years later. So it was good. It was getting the rub in terms of like professional validation and having good contacts and networking. But in terms of what it did for me at the time, it was actually fairly depressing because I thought, oh, this is going to be cool. I'm going to get a lot of exposure. And I really didn't at the time. I, I, I had to chip away from it. Right. So that was the, the big one in terms of getting the rub. Um, I'll give I'll give uh, Spoonie a lot of credit at the time because when he worked for me, worked with me in 2010, he didn't have to do that. Sure. In 2010, I'd only been doing videos for um, – Almost two years. Wow, 10-year anniversary coming up, by the way, June 24th. Um, and so we did the video, the Highlander Endgame. Uh, I wrote it. I edited it. But he was, he was a cool guy to do it with me, so I gave him credit for that. That helped just get my name out in general at the time. Uh, other than that, the one that I guess get, gave me the rub would be Brennel Floss in 2012 when we did Nintendo Human Rhapsody. Mm. In 2012, I wasn't an unknown. In 2012, the podcast just started. I had like eighty to 90,000 YouTube subscribers at that point. Um, but that went semi-viral, that video. That's the only video I say that went viral, and that did over like half a million views. We right. didn't make a dime off it, by the way. Brent made a little bit, but it got claimed by whatever, the, the people that own the rights behind uh, uh, sure. Rhapsody, unfortunately, because I think it's a parody. We thought about fighting it. So now we get our asses kicked. We don't have the money. But that helped get me a lot of exposure. That actually did more for me on my channel. That got me like twenty to 25,000 subscribers in like a month. Oh, wow. So that was like the big one. that like, Well, that jumped it up at that point. Um, but yeah, in terms of uh, giving the rub, um, 
I don't like to say that like I gave people rubs. I think I like to say I helped give someone a platform uh, to get their voices out. Like like maybe a person sitting next to me. I gave them maybe a platform. Like hey, I'm a cool person. I might have some cool opinions. Maybe you hate me. Maybe you like me. But at least I'm here. You know. But people like Billy. You don't agree. But people. Oh, like I mean, I, I have a platform. I just haven't jumped off the platform. Oh, sure. I'm still on the platform. But you have the platform. You're I have. Top, I you're, have. You're, you're in the diving. You're in the springboard. I the have the platform. Yes. Um, but like uh, people like Billy and Jay, I I uh, dis- discovered their videos pretty early on, and said these guys are doing some good work. Um, help get them in touch with Retroware and help help them to network other people. I was gonna say that was Retroware era, huh? Yeah. yeah. So that was 2011. Um, I think mid 2011. Uh, someone like uh, Matt Pat early on in game trailers communicated with him a lot. I could say I was friends with him at one point, and uh, I'm not saying I'm, I'm responsible for someone's career i'm not but i at least at the start you know nudged them here and there at the very beginning of their careers I mean, i'm even acknowledged somewhat in i think matt pat's million fucking subscriber video where he writes shit on a wall or whatever you know he says pat the NES punk not pat just pat the NES punk so i'm like all right whatever may not talk to the guy again but who cares so anyway the whole point is this is that it's a strange relationship when you deal with other youtubers because in the purest form when you're helping someone out you don't want something else in return necessarily in the purest form. Or at least you're going to give get something back maybe in the long term. You're not thinking about it at the time. But I give credit to people. I give credit to Spoon. I give credit to uh, James. Because at the time, them helping me did nothing for them. Right. Well, in terms of like for James, yes, he got a video out of it. But he could have done a video about anything else. He just right. thought the NWC gold was like, this is a fucking cool idea. Sure. Let's do it. And I'm like, yeah, it's a cool idea. Let's do it. But then the videos after that work with me, he didn't have to. So that's why James, I'll, I'll ride or die for James, you know, for example. Um, and giving the rub, I've, I've in my past, when I was searching for more content creators for Retroware, I, I've got, I got six, like five or six people onto that platform. I, I think, I like to say maybe Ape and Alley, I helped get her, get her out there a bit more. Uh, uh, Shane Rerez at one point recruited him, uh, a few others. Um, so yeah, I was always looking out for, for content creators at the time and I'm probably forgetting three or four, you know, at this point I'm so busy though, in terms of me giving the rub to someone, you know, I don't have that much lotion around. I don't have time anymore. <laughs> I don't know if you have any comments or, or no. about anything. You don't, not, not at all. I've never rubbed anyone. You've never rubbed anyone the wrong way. I'm sure I've rubbed people the wrong way. Never rubbed them. Now the, I've never rubbed them the right way. Now there have also been YouTubers that have. Given the anti rub <laughs> to Pat, you can say, oh yeah, that have tried to make up shit or have stopped talking to me because of their rise in prominence or thinking that they're better than me, even though I knew them when they were nothing and had no subscribers. But we won't talk about that at this point. You keep teasing it. <laughs> it's like trying, you're trying to get at that Pat the Indian's Punk uh, glass. Yeah. And drink that water. You yeah. put it awkwardly at the side there. You had to turn Leo out of the camera. Yeah. Sorry, Leo. Maybe we'll do that for the five year anniversary. We'll just burn all the bridges and just end it and just say, fuck it. We'll just. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Yeah. I'm working on getting that, that live, that live, uh, that room. That live room? What do you mean? Get in a room get for in. us to do it live. Fuck it. Fuck it. Okay. At Castle Country. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks so much. It's uh, patreon.com slash CU podcast. Ian, say the, the URL while you drink water. 
Uh, CUPatreon.podcast. www. No. Wow. 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 Really? I wasn't kidding. Patreon.com slash CUPodcast. There you go. Okay. Now it's time for the Patreon voice Q&A. We've done it. Wow. We only have two. We also don't have the professional uh, Dan one. That's the best one ever still saved on here. But here's our first question. This is from, uh, we'll find out who it's from. Ready, Ian? Yes. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Jeff from Chicago. Uh, just wanted to know what your guys' thoughts were on YouTube pulling down Alex Jones' video pertaining to the Parkland survivors being actors. While I find the accusation deplorable and quote-unquote fake news, he, Alex Jones, has predictably used this to play the martyr, which has only gotten him and his awful channel more attention. What are your guys' thoughts? Thanks, and keep up the great work. Oh, well, thank you, Jeff from Chicago. Um, well, YouTube is is a private organization that they it's within their rights that they want to pull down shit they they don't agree with. They have community standards. If if we just started doing a video about you know with hate speech or saying something awful, it's within their rights to pull it down. There's terms of service to do that. That's that's the simple uh, part of it. The more complicated part of it is like, well, uh, is this a slippery slope? If you take away his video about that, do you take down other videos because you don't like them? I think we are getting to a point where people are deciding that this, this is tough because you don't want to say, you don't want to start just ripping people's thoughts away and then uh, stamping on free speech. But when I think when it gets so beyond the pale when things first happen and you start just throwing conspiracy theories, I think it just rubs people well, wrong, rubs people the wrong way because you have a bunch of kids shot up and dead. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, this person is now uh, making money and getting fame off of leeching off of this and just throwing out shit that I don't think he probably even believes is true. It's just, he's just, that's his fucking act. That's his shtick. It's his shtick. He's insinuating that parents are lying about their kids being dead and making money. Oh, oh he did that. He did that uh, yeah, five, six years ago with, with the, yeah. with the shooting. It was um, in Sandy uh, Hook. Sandy Hook. Yeah. And, you know, and now obviously with Parkland saying that, you know, they're, they're actors. It's, it's, it's disgusting. Um, frankly, uh, Fuck, fuck Alex Jones. I don't give a shit. It's 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 very simple. Um, my, my take on this: YouTube, much like Pat said, private company. They can do whatever they want. If I was in control of a place like YouTube and someone like Alex Jones put something like that up, I'd say fuck you. It's gone. Um, as far as Alex Jones getting more attention because of it, look, Alex Jones is going to get attention no matter what. Yeah, he's been retweeted by the president. So I mean. There's really YouTube's not generating him any more undue attention than he's already going to get from way too many facets in America. It's just going to happen. Um, he makes his living off of getting attention. That's his entire purpose. Whether or not YouTube left that up there or not, he would have found a way in front of your eyes some way or another. So I don't think that there's a whole lot i don't think there's a real argument against youtube taking down his video on that basis that it 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 only furthered his message i didn't know that that video was taken down until right now okay but i've heard of it i mean i know what his stances are on these things because you well, it's can't, happened a while ago but yeah yeah but you can't go online 
it's hard to go online and exist in the current internet age or social media without knowing what these fucking jackasses think. Because people sure. talk about it. And plus, I mean, if you want to listen to this stuff, it's it's on their websites. They stream this stuff live. He does a, like a live broadcast every day. So if you really are interested in that, you can find it. Right. So so I'm I'm not really I'm not I'm not shedding too much of a tear. No. For for something like this. If yeah. you want to talk about the moon landing being fake, I don't fucking care. But once you start getting into like people's kids being killed or 9-11 shit where I'm sorry, like at some point you have to fucking have some uh, using the word sensitive. Yeah, you have to have some, some fucking empathy and sensitivity for people. You do. If you want to exist in civil society, you have to. Right. And, there, and there's even a way if you want to talk about uh, politicizing the event, you can do that without saying these fucking kids are actors. Right. It's, it's, it's like, okay, at some what point, are you basing that on? Some fake fucking posting you saw somewhere? At some point, it's not innocent speculation anymore. No. If you want to think it's the fucking... It's damaging. It, it becomes damaging. It's like the whole thing with, with, um, with uh, what the hell, that, the, the, the guy that people say that, that Hillary Clinton got killed. That Hanny, Seth Rich. Yeah. The, the, the Seth Rich family was like, Hanny, please fucking stop talking about this shit. Yeah. And Hanny's like, nope, not going to stop. I'm going to keep doing it. Fucking thumb. Well, Hannity's like probably probably the I'd say Hannity's worse than Alex Jones. I would say probably if you know about Alex Jones' history, he's always been like that. I think I think Hannity is just an opportunistic yes. pig. Yeah, I, I would. I would. If you if you, I'd rather hang out with Alex Jones and have a beer than Sean Hannity. If, you, if I'm just saying, I'm not saying I'm going to do it anytime soon. Oh, if I had a choice, I'm just saying if I had a choice. <laughs> Oh, my brain just fucking freaked out trying Alex to answer Jones that question. would probably make you laugh a bit with his crazy stuff. Handy would be would, would be just shtick the whole time. I'm not kidding you. This this thought <laughs> trying to answer that question has just made me dizzy. Hey, let's go get some nachos and a beer. What do you say? Okay, you nope, say? we're moving on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, this is Ben from Boston. I have a question about the Twin Galaxy situation. Um. The emphasis seems to be you have to use a real arcade machine to set some of these high scores. But what happens later on, say, 10 years down the line or whatever, some of these machines start breaking down and you can't find them so much anymore? Um, what becomes the new standard for recording these scores, especially something that hasn't been released on any other platform like Donkey Kong? Uh, thanks very much. Have a good day. Very good question, Ben, from Boston. Hello, Boston, Ben. Um I think my, I think the answer here is, it's not that MAME is frowned upon in Twin Galaxies. It's that it has its own separate high score listing. Sure. It's not that it's considered easier or better or different. It's not that it's considered easier or better or, or worse or anything like that. It's acknowledged as different because it is. Because it's, you can tinker with it. It has the safe state stuff, well, the rewind stuff. And like yeah. I said before, well, it, and we mentioned this earlier in a segment, but beyond all that, there is there are ways to guarantee that that's not happening, but it just comes down to small differences in input and timing as well. Sure. So what happens is, is eventually there will be a natural progression as these things in the future, if people are still paying attention to this, as that dies off, it's just going. People are just going to naturally make that shift to this is where our focus is now going to be. I don't. I don't know because 
I'm starting to um like like like, like I've been communicating with you. I got that Miss Pac-Man cocktail. Right. And now I'm discovering there's a ton of repro boards out there for arcade machines now. You can reburn boards. You can buy these 44 in ones and 60 in ones. You can That's buy fair. the you can buy the DK slash DK Junior board. Uh, and so. If you're using hardware that's comparable, if you're using a tube TV still, or you're using controllers and buttons, and it's still a, technically the same ROM in an arcade machine, is that far off from the original arcade at that point? That's a question that has to be looked at. It's not MAME. It's not MAME, for sure. Well, if you're not using You're still MAME, playing on a board. If you're using the actual board. You're still playing the, the ROM still on a board. So... Well, a multi-board is different. Those are never 100% accurate. But if you're using the original board and all it had to do was get a ROM reflashed on it... But the- but if, but the arcade ROM is on that board. It's the real arcade ROM on that board. It's just shuffled around in a menu or whatever else. Those are those are generally not considered to be okay, perfect. But it's not MAME. It's no. somewhere in between. Or somewhere closer to the arcade. I think we're going to get to that point. What, what, what if I broke the record playing on, on the multi... Multi uh, the multi boards I don't it wouldn't count it wouldn't count for anything if I did that I don't believe so they wouldn't count it they would say this isn't a board this isn't Mame it wouldn't matter generally they're not considered to be accurate how is Mame better than playing a ROM on a multi board with real hardware and a real tube and everything let's else? find out you gotta look that up I I, I think it's curious I'm just gonna see what they they say about it because that's a good question because what happens in twenty five years and, and you can't find like a, a pretty decent centipede machine to play on and what if you just have a rollerball on a mock-up meme you're saying that won't count for anything or 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 or, 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 or multi-board and you're playing a centipede on that it may not but we're looking i'm looking multi-board maybe is that is that something is that a thing with multi-board multi arcade board twin we need a ruling here for twin galaxies <laughs> seems like they're saying that multi-boards are still emulation of some sort. Of some sort. Yeah, so okay. it's still emulation. So, I mean, right so now... It's not it, software emulation, though. It Actually, it probably could be if it's on a board and it's running from a menu. That could very well just be software okay, emulation. Okay, on top of the hardware. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, right now it's saying that multi-boards do not count. That'd be closer to MAME, then? Yeah. Okay. So Unless it's a reflashed original board. Yeah, a reflashed original board is something entirely different. Okay. All right. Well, we might get there at some point, though. Especially for some of these machines that there's not a lot that exist. So there's that, but I, I Why mean... Why is Donkey Kong scaring me all the time? Donkey Kong, what are you standing for? I, I would say to, to the original question, I mean, all other loopholes disregarded for the moment. If the machines were to really start dying and there was nothing you could do, I think people would just have to start focusing on MAME records. And say, fuck it, we'll just... Yeah. It is what it is. Like I said, I don't think it's necessarily looked at as lesser. It's just looked at as different. And if the other option was no longer available, people would just settle on that being the the way to go. Thanks for your question, guys. Uh, again, it's uh, patreon.com slash podcast. Thanks so much for your support. Q&A time on the CU podcast. Well, this is from at Brian McNail one What are your thoughts on just beating a game versus a total completion and 100%ing everything? So think we may have touched on this before maybe not but um for me most of the time just beating a game is good enough uh i you know these days i don't have as much time to play games as i used to 
getting through it, experiencing the story, seeing most of what the game has to offer is generally enough for me. That's how I think about most AAA games, most larger budget games. Um, you know, that's where I would consider myself to have got my money's worth. And I'm happy with that. That's enough for me to go out and discuss the game in detail with people, you know, get their opinions of it, not have anything blown for me, etc. Um, there are a few games that I tend to, uh, a few types of games that I will tend to, you know, try to dig deeper in, or I will try to, I guess, go for the achievements or trophies on, just because those types of games naturally lend themselves better to replays, arcade-type games, shooters, that sort of thing. That's Those are the games where I think uh, the video pinball games, like the pinball arcade games and stuff like that, those are games where like the achievements, to me, actually make a lot of sense in trying to 100% the game. You can 100% a pinball? Yeah, they set like goals, you know, oh, hit goals, the okay. wizard mode or do this or do oh, that. So they're targets yeah. to make sure that when they're, when they're well set up, these are targets, for example, in the pinball games, to make sure that you're experiencing every part of the rule set and you're going through, you know, every single bit of those, you know, you're not missing anything on the table. So those are great to play through because you're learning the table, you're learning the systems throughout it. And that I think when, when people say 100% games, I think they're talking about trophies most of the time or achievements these days. So that's when I will try to, you know, 100% something. Um, when you're playing a shooter, it makes sense to try to 100% it because that usually involves going through on one credit or beating it on multiple difficulty levels, you know, not just quarter feeding all the way through. Because if you did that, well, you know, you could call, you could, you could say you beat a shooter in 15 minutes to half an hour and you just keep hitting continue and you're, you're done with it. Sure. So it really just depends on the game. When, when did, when did percenting become a bigger thing? Um... You know, I mean, a lot of games, especially in like the Super Nintendo, Super era, Mario World, was Super the first Mario one. World, ninety six star, um, complete every level, find every level, and complete every level every variant way. That yeah, and Donkey star. Kong Country, and you know, all those games started to add like percentage complete signs. Sure. It became a very big thing. I remember in like the PlayStation, Sega Saturn era, Crash Bandicoot, Spyros, all that. You know, and they usually went above a hundred percent, which is always annoying. Like you get one hundred one percent. That's, okay. like that's that. not how it works, right? Yeah, that's not, that's not how that's not one hundred percent works. I hate it when people are like, "Give one hundred and one percent." I'm like, "No, doesn't work that way." No, I can give a hundred percent. That's I, not a thing. I cannot give over one hundred. That's not a thing. You're a fucking asshole and an idiot for suggesting that. I wow. Can't. Well, hoping to say it to your to your coach at the time, but okay. I you were angry at T ball, I guess. Uh, I, I was. You were very angry. Oh boy, I love to say little Ian playing T ball. Ooh, I I I played very few i played soccer you played soccer yeah, played what was soccer. your position uh flail flail at shit <laughs> mid flail flail when i was young i played defense in high school okay oh you played in high, you played in high school team no i played intramural i wasn't gonna go to fucking join a team i'm picturing you with a little red thing you put over the team as the blue you put the little vinyl vest thing on you know, I 100% like, did not play on a team I played when I fucking wanted to you play you 101% wanted to what I <laughs> fuck it anyways uh, what was I saying games 100%. oh 100%ing um, so you know people wanted to do that shit you know back then as soon as you got that counter but I think it became a big deal when achievements and trophies um, sure. happened once you got to like Xbox and PS3 but what's funny is I was or 360 um, and PS3 
I was I'm slowly trying to 100 uh, percent Burnout Paradise because I love that game and I've played through it a bunch and I'm, I'm playing it again. And if you get all the trophies, it's not 100 percent. So sometimes people will go for all the trophies to complete a game, but it's actually not even 100 percent at that point. Anyway, whatever. Oh, I was just supposed to say something about yeah, this. Yeah, say, say a thing. Yeah, I don't have time to 100% anything besides beating the game. Like, that's my 100% beat the game. He gives his yeah. nachos 100%. Oh, I give my nachos at South Beach Bar and Grill 100%. Sure does. I feel, we're going to eat some right after this, I think. <laughs> that's what I give 100%. I'm fucking starving. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the question. Right, mine. Um, given the tre- this is from Joe A. Wilkins at CMU underscore Hoover. Uh, given the trend we've seen with the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, what trend? What do you think the future is in terms of preservation and market longevity for some of the more obscure, lesser remembered systems as they grow older? Bailey Astrocade, Magnavox One and Two, etc. I've heard of the Bailey Astrocade. I'm sure of the Bailey Astrocade, but um, also the Bailey Professional, also the Bailey Arcade, and, like, and, and also the Bailey fucking computer. There's been like eight names for that stupid thing. They renamed it every fucking year. Anyway, I like the Bally Astrocade. That was a fine system. It's got a cool controller. Oh, it's an awesome controller. Yeah. By the way, I saw your tweet with you and uh, uh, Adam Squarepainter about like, oh, the Intellivision w- was good, except for that controller. My argument is a, con- a system is not good if the controller is shit. No, I had fun games. You, if you cannot play those games with a good controller, the system fails sure. in comparison I, I had no real dog in the race okay because um, you you want to say i didn't 50, go i didn't go on anything you want to lift 50 hundreds balls all the times it's not a great system if you can't play the games with the proper controller plays a mean fucking game of centipede yeah, finding the controller you can do that with ian go, huh? go to your luna store and out of the 12 or 15 in, in that box how many actually still work i, I actually two uh, one I, no i tested those yeah, I tested them too, and a year later they don't work anymore without touching them. Oh no, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure at least one or two of them. Anyway, so here's the trend with the Atari 2600 because when you talk about the first generation of consoles here, 2600 is the only one that's kind of collectible at all that people care about. No yeah. one cares about in television. They don't care about the Odyssey two. I forget the Odyssey two exists until I see a cute little cartridge with the handle on it. No one cares about the Fairchild. No one cares about uh, the Bailey Astrocade. And no one really cares about the ClickoVision. You know, I love the ClickoVision. Yeah, people heart. care about the ClickoVision. A, li- a, li- a little, a little, a bit. Enough a to l- make it more expensive than the Atari 2600. Sure, because each game you can actually play. Like, there's not, like, really shovelware on the ClickoVision there. So, all right. We've seen probably the peaks for all those markets, and for most of those, they're in the past. ClickoVision, who knows. But games are preserved for all these systems. There are nuts out there to have... A whole Fairchild or an Arcadia, Emerson Arcadia 2001, we always forget about. You were going to have, you were going to complete the full set of like whatever they had, like 18 games, or whatever. Well, that was the Fairchild channel that's what I was going for. You can only remember what, no, it was the Emerson Arcadia. Whichever one had the yellow cartridges. That was the Fairchild. Yeah, the Fairchild. system. Yeah. These are all preserved. There's nuts out there. That I have most of probably the Fairchild library. Don't even realize it. I probably have a chunk of them or the Emerson Arcadia or, or the RCA Studio 2. Let's go from all of them. There's that. Someone follows me on Twitter. Uh, that goes, It's like RCA Studio 2, dude. I saw that. So, and then why I'm bringing that up because we talked about them finding that bingo uh, cartridge. That's right. Studio. And then they found the fucking uh, demo cart recently for the uh, RCA Studio or really? something. Really? Crazy. Or, so, and that was a f- weird-ass company out of, outside of Philly making this stuff. So the point is this. People are still looking and finding this stuff. 
there's always going to be a master, I guess, 20 or 30 people that are going to make sure this shit happens for all these systems. And it has. All this stuff is dumped for the most part. It's preserved. So that's one thing. Preservation, I think, is fine. That's taken care of on some level. Market longevity, there is this much market longevity. There is zero for this first generation of consoles. For, I'd say, 95% of it. Sure. How many people out there are collecting the Fairchild Channel F right now? How many people are, are collecting Ballet Astrocade? How many people are collecting Intellivision? Or even 2600 anymore. And that's probably the biggest one out of all of these. Um, and then go 20 years into the future. And when those people don't give a shit anymore, how many people will be collecting it? So that's the trend. The Atari 2600 is the trend. Because that was the biggest one. It got big in the 80s, excuse me, got big in the 90s, and then died. And now you can't give away cartridges of it. And even though a Fairchild Channel F is a lot rarer, a Valley Astrocade is comparatively rarer than that, or even uh, an Odyssey 2, doesn't mean people are going to want them 50 years from now. And that's the same thing even for NES. But to a, you know, there, there, there are degrees here of right. how much people want it. If you worked in a store, I don't know. Have you seen people... Be interested were people were people interested in Odyssey two cars ten years ago and now they're not or they never were interested in them. Um, I've had brief moments of interest in Odyssey two. No, I have, but that's actually one of the only this not system. not counting Coleco and Atari. Not well, okay, Coleco, Atari, and Intellivision all have some some constant interest. Um, Atari the most, and television and Coleco slightly underneath. Odyssey 2 is the only other one. Like, if I would throw Odyssey 2 in there with, like, Fairchild, Bally, um, Magnavox, and then all the other, like, Pong console variations, sure. all the bullshit, uh, Texas Instruments. Uh, GI-99, sure. Um, what you got about that? The Magnavox Odyssey 2 is the only one of the rest of the contenders pile that anyone ever asks me about that's so weird it's the only one so i've never known anyone who's interested in that console um i've i've had a handful of people call me up and ask for stuff for it like just never anything specific just do you have anything out of c2 and then uh because that's the one person that might have owned it and wanted to get it again sure i've had a few people who've done that and then I've had people come in and snap it up on impulse because they remembered something from youth. And sure. because when we get those, it's like 40 bucks and take all the games. So that's no, someone, don't leave but, those behind. Take but, all but that's the games. Not a, but that's not a new collector. That's someone that grew up sure, with Sure, sure. There hasn't been a new wave of Odyssey 2 collectors or a wave of Channel F no. collectors. No, absolutely not. For good reason. Yeah. For the most part. You know, Odyssey 2 is a nice little kitschy little system. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if there was one of those that I would play around with, it would be the Odyssey 2. You can probably fit the number of RCA Studio co- uh, 2 collectors in half of this room that exists. Into one Twitter account. Yeah. Yes. That that person, and they're very nice. But that, They're very that nice? Person, yep. <laughs> that one person. You're the last, my friend. That's you're, all I'm saying. You're the last of the... You're the last of a breed that didn't even really exist back when I'm, that Studio 2 came out. I'm sure the Twitter account for the Manavox Odyssey 1 fans is larger than that. <laughs> than that. Yeah. Not to put you down, sir. But uh, yeah, that's, this, that's the, the future of the market longevity. There is none right now. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, like uh, 
when you when you get in a have you ever gotten a channel f system into the store yeah once once or twice and it was when it was once and it was when we were still on voltaire and it was like moss living in it and did someone even buy it or they're like okay i feel bad for the system i there. don't know what happened to it i, I found channel left i don't recall i was it. shocked i found channel left cartridges at the swap meet one time in 20 years of flea marketing or 30 years of flea market i found them one time didn't i was scouring for the system i said well this is so nuts how could there not be a system here if i see these ugly yellow carts and i couldn't find the system anywhere someone might have checked the system at the time or else i confused the model 2 one with some weird you know, audio player from the 70s. Anyway, thanks for the question there. Yep. At Thomas Arolanes. Good old Thomas. Hi, Tom. Hackers. All right. And he's referring to... The fact that the Switch has been hacked due to a supposedly unpatchable exploit within the NVIDIA Tegra X1 chip. It's a boot ROM exploit. And right then and there is where I stop understanding... Any of this shit. Okay, so... But it's kind of neat all the same. So it's a... From what I've gathered, you short-circuit the signal going to the chip. You can do that via the right Joy-Con. There's a, there's a pin on the right Joy-Con where you can short-circuit it. So I guess what that when it happens, the whole ship has to reboot. And at that point, you guess you can insert your code into it. You're, you can boot into it at that point. So I guess technically because of that... You cannot patch that out because that's inherent into the chip itself. Yes, it's a hardware issue with the actual chip. So unless they did a whole new run with a new chip, I guess, uh, firmware, that's going to stay in there for a while. So what does that mean right now? Right well, now, it doesn't mean a whole ton. Until they realize, well, until they know what they can do with that and work around in the system to load up games or other, other shit. Correct. And there's also the um, obvious where they can, where Nintendo, well, they cannot patch it much like many systems have in the past there are ways for them to detect that you are using a hacked system or running something hacked on there and they would be able to shut down your system from an online server so at some point it'll be similar to um some way they'll be able to tell who's been doing this on the system. i mean it's it's already stated in the article that that's definitely something they can do they'll say oh this person did this short circuit trick. Uh, maybe not even that, but they'll be able to tell based on what you're doing hardware-wise or early launch, you know, if you're so, running early software or something like that. So this that. came from hardware hacker Catherine Temkin and the hacking team at ReSwitch. There's also a, a second crew that was working on this as well, which yep. I thought was interesting. We'll get to so that. this is from the Ars Technic article. The, the exploit makes use of a vulnerability inherent in the Tegra's X, Tegra X1's USB recovery mode, circumventing the lockout operations that would usually protect the chip's crucial boot ROM. By sending a bad length argument to an improperly coded USB, proto, USB, USB control procedure at the right point, ugh, the user can force the system to request up to 65,535 bytes per control request. That data easily overflows a crucial direct memory access buffer in the boot ROM, in turn allowing data to be copied into the protected application stack and, and giving the attacker the ability to run arbitrary code. Wow, I'm glad I dropped computer science. As a major. <laughs> I know just enough to be dangerous. That's what I always maintain what my dad would say about me screwing up in DOS when I was five. <laughs> On the Switch, the hardest part of the exploit seems to be forcing the system into USB recovery mode. To do this without, without opening the system requires shorting out a certain pin on the right Joy-Con, like we said. So there you go. So, um, so you short-circuit it, it reboots. You can put in your own fucking code, in theory. And away you go. We're going to have our 
little little freaking devices to play ROMs on Switch ROMs in theory in the future. So they they're showing they they showed a little um plastic bit that uh that they could sell down the road that you could stick in there and um, that would short that pin for you. Um, they said that they released it. They wanted to release it ahead of time um, because uh, they wanted to release it ahead of uh, a team called Executor uh, that was planning to sell a mod chip exploit uh, exploit because uh, they the pers- uh, this team uh, reswitch didn't uh, like their explicit endorsement of piracy. Sure. And plus, they probably would have keep it locked. Down well, yes. Too. And they said, yeah, they said they didn't want them to profit from keeping the information uh, just to a few people. So they wanted that information to get out there ahead of time. Um, after this piece went live, um, another group fail overflow, or I believe that's, that's actually a person um, said that they, they said, stay tuned. Uh, and they stay tuned. They there was a screen of the Dolphin emulator running uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker on the Switch. Wow, there you go. And then when it rains, it pours. Fell Overflow has now released its own Show Shoff L2 Tegra X1 boot ROM exploit. Blah blah blah. And uh, so this stuff's coming. Yeah, it's a year in. This stuff's a coming. It took them a year to figure this stuff out. Yeah, so it, it's got its loader, but it says it's stupidly easy to blow up the embedded pla- embedded <laughs> platforms like this with bad software because all the voltages are software controlled. Oh. We already caused temporary damage to one LCD panel with bad power sequencing code. Seriously, do not complain to us if something goes wrong. Well, but this is coming. But stuff's coming. You're yeah. going to have flashcards of some sort, I'd say, within... Six to twelve months, probably. I, I see this going though, like it it went for the DS with with the, well, like the DS, but also different, different the, firmware rounds of DS. You couldn't longer use it, but also just like the PS3 and the 360 and lots of other systems. In that, yes, you can hack it, but the trade off is almost certainly going to be you're not going to be able to take it online, which is going to ruin that for a lot of people. Well, for some games, you won't have maybe buy two switches, and you have one that. And that's that was what a lot of people ended up doing with the 360 when hacking the 360 became a huge deal. Was you hack one 360 and you keep it offline to play burns and all that shit, and sure. then you get another 360 and you keep it clean for going online and doing all of that. Yeah, I think that's what you're going to see. But yeah, like with the 3DS, they just released new versions that you could no longer use the uh, only the very early version you could you could use like the you know the mod the flashcards and everything. Then they got rid of it. They they firmware that out eventually sure but but you weren't but they weren't checking online for that with the 3ds and that's the difference all right nintendo uh, uh reggie's sharpening the knives right now <laughs> he's got his bat he's got his negan bat that's the way i like to picture him so thanks for that that's it for the cu podcast Ian, we, we struggled through this jesus christ two by like, two hours and 20 minutes of fun and anarchy well that was a, that was a good one it was interesting we talked about drowning in hot tubs and quaker oats covered in butts we're gonna drown it you and i that's how we're going out covered in butts covered in butts drowning in a we, hot we tub know whose butts just you know with a fucking bottle of some shitty fucking been watching the nba playoffs been pink good. champagne no thunder's getting their asses handed by the jazz it's been great that's yeah that's fine by me i just uh i um we got we got a Patreon. We also got a we got stuff going on. We got a, a certain NES guidebook at ultimatenes.com. Working on the Super Nintendo book. Ian's working on stuff. He's got a new mixtape coming out. 
Hot, hot new, hot new, hot new tape. Slaps. <laughs> I still want to hear that that the legendary CU podcast theme that you created and lost because you didn't record yeah, it. Yeah, that was good. That was, that was real. I'm sure good it was Ian. No, I mean it was real good that I lost that it. You didn't record it. Yeah. Or save it. No, I mean I recorded it. I just didn't dump it to the computer. Well, that's fantastic. That's what I have to work with. <laughs> <laughs> I need a nap. So uh, follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, your podcast platform of choice. And on the YouTubes. And then Ian's looking at me weird. Need a nap. Ian's getting very surly. Nap. And <laughs> I'm going to go tuck Ian in. Nap time. Goodbye. For Ian Ferguson. <laughs> I'm Pat Contry. We'll talk to you later, everyone. Bye. Surly Ian. <laughs>